Warning, the following podcast features views and opinions that are not representative of the collective views of the Whispers groups. Some of these views may not be suitable for children. Accordingly, the producers and hosts of the Missy AE podcast must insist that no one attempt to take anything that is being said as representative of the views of any of the Whispers groups. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Missy AE podcast. Tonight, we bring to you Sports Whispers Weekly, where we talk nothing but sports for the duration of the show. Of course, I am your host, Steve Kent, and a brief reminder this upcoming Friday night, we will have the debut edition of the Big Brother 25 recap podcast, where we will discuss the new Big Brother 25 cast, which is set to be revealed, I believe, in a couple of days. And we will also look at the whatever is going on in the house uh, after the premiere, which is set to be on the 2nd, I think, of August. So, anyways, uh, for Big Brother fans, stay tuned for that this upcoming Friday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, on the Missy AE podcast. And if you guys haven't done so yet, you can subscribe to the Missy AE podcast by going to blogtalkradio.com slash Missy AE. You can also find us on any of our major podcast providers. That is iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and basically anywhere that podcasts can be listened to. Uh, with that being said, we have Lou and we have Diane currently joining us on the line. Uh, I believe Alex will probably be joining us in a little bit, as well as Kyle at some point. Uh, how are you two doing tonight? All right, Steve, thanks. Good. Now, uh, Lou, I apologize for not being able to make your show earlier. Uh, something came up, a uh, an unexpected family gathering, I guess we could call it, so... Um, I, of course, had to go to that, so uh, I wasn't able to, to sneak out and uh, and call in, but I should be back next week for your show. Uh, I hope had But you know what? Let's get started off, Lou, with the Women's World Cup, because needless to say, I think everybody's probably a little bit surprised that we all thought that Portugal was going to be the one that would give the USA trouble. As I said, yes. Nope. But nobody expected that USA would, would end in a tie with the Netherlands. Well, remember, we had a goal called back shortly after we tied the game up. So if it had been that, maybe we would have won. I think maybe we were off sides a bit. So that's what caused that. So instead of getting the 2-1 win, which we should have, we end up in a 1-1 draw. So now it comes down to uh, one of the advantages against Portugal, which was the one that worried me the most. So I would think we would have to win this, you know, to have any shot of getting to the, to the knockout round. Right. And actually they say, because remember, the top, two, the top two advanced. So from what it sounds like, it, it sounded like uh, that goal differential might play a huge role. In who potentially advances. But we did have a one a one one draw. Uh Lindsay Horn scoring for Team USA in the sixty second minute and Jill Roard 
scored 17 minutes in for the Netherlands. And like you said, we also had a goal called back, uh, thanks to VAR. And just some of the just some of the stats here, though, it's it's mind-boggling because USA dominated when it came to shots on goal and shots overall. Yeah. Uh, four four shots on goal compared to one, and ten overall shots compared to three. But yet we lost the possession game sixty-two to thirty-eight percent. Yeah, I do it every time. Now, granted, I believe I believe the, the Netherlands were what were they runner-ups last World Cup, or were they uh, were they the uh, semifinalists? I'm trying to rem- I'm trying to remember uh where they where they landed in the World Cup uh back in back in 2019 cuz I remember that they said that this was actually a rematch uh for Team USA and the Netherlands. So I don't know about that I don't know about that but here's the one the yeah. one thing that I've kind of noticed is Team USA really misses Megan Rapinoe. I think you're right. That's a big loss right there. You know what what kind of surprises me, though, is just just the fact that, you know, Team USA is supposed to be, we're supposed to be stacked when it comes to depth. Yet, and, I, and might, might I add, USA was favored over Netherlands, not necessarily by the same uh, by the same amount as we were over Vietnam, but you know we were still favored over over the Netherlands, but just a complete role reversal when it came to possession. Uh, even though you know it's kind of funny considering a majority of the possession for Netherlands. Were was in Netherlands's own zone on their own half of the field. You know, the Netherlands very rarely did they even go down uh, to the United States end of the field. Mm. But Look at me. you know, I stu- mm-hmm. what, what was that, Diane? It would be different if they had. Going on the United States under the field a lot. Well, I mean, possession can actually play a huge role because the 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 more you have possession, the better opportunity you have to mount an attack. Because I mean, USA was already uh, was already out shooting the Netherlands by a considerable margin yeah. to begin with, but. You know, if you have a longer time of possession, that means that it gives you more opportunities to set to set up an attack. So yeah. it was it was just it was kind of surprising the fact that. And by the way, Team USA is favored to win over Portugal, but mm. uh, it's you know it, it's it's just weird because. I don't think people were expecting 
the USA to tie the Netherlands? No, I didn't. Think. Of course, the other disappointment is going to be when that game is played on Tuesday because it's going to be played at the ridiculous hour at 3 a.m. in the morning. But... Yeah. Why? Yeah, that, that's another thing. And be there, Well, be, I think it's over in Portugal. I think that's why. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I could be wrong, but I think I think it's in Portugal. That might be why it's a why it's a three o'clock start time. But here's how the standings are right now: the United States has four points. We have a plus three goal differential, though. Portugal, basically, we can stand. Ooh, actually. No, in order to win Group E, we need to defeat Portugal and receive some help from Vietnam when it comes to them facing the Netherlands. Oh, uh, so basically, we would need. Well, I mean, Vietnam has a minus five goal differential right now. They lost mm-hmm. uh, two. They lost two nil to Portugal. In their last uh, in their last match, so we would need to defeat Portugal and have a Netherlands loss or draw against Vietnam, or if we were to win and maintain our goal differential edge over the Netherlands. So mm. basically, we have a two we have a two goal a two goal lead right now over the Netherlands. We would need to win, all right, and and hope that and, and hope that the the advantage is big enough to where we won't need, you know, to where Netherlands won't be able to pass us. However, though, if the Netherlands, uh, we can also win the group with a draw against Portugal, or a Netherlands loss mm-hmm. or draw against Vietnam and uh, we should know we should know by the morning though because Netherlands and Vietnam will be playing at exactly the same time as the U.S. and Portugal are so we should know by the end of by the end of the game exactly where group E stands when it comes to the winner and the runner-up but from what it, from what it looks like right now, Portugal they have three points. They're a plus one in goal differential. So it's there's still a possibility that Portugal could possibly sneak in, depending on if the Netherlands ends up losing. There's also the possibility mm-hmm. though that the United States could be eliminated if they lose to, if we lose to Portugal and Netherlands beats Vietnam we're done there's mm. you know there's no uh, there's no advancing after that because only the top two teams will be able to will be able to make it through mm. so it could be uh, it, it's basically do or die so you know for yeah. Certain players that haven't stepped up yet, uh, they're gonna need to. They're gonna need to step up big time when it they're comes to. Come out of 
Huh? Maybe make it to my retirement. No, I guess not. Who? Yeah. Well, I mean, let, let, let me put it this way. There's going to be certain players that are need that are going to need to step up big time. Looking at you, Alex Morgan. Looking at you, Julie Ertz. Yeah, come on, Molly. Certain certain players who have been known to perform in the past and have basically disappeared, essentially, this entire World Cup so far. What am I making Rapinoe? Rapinoe, shockingly enough, Rapinoe has basically been on the bench since. Yeah. She she's basically right. been on the bench. Uh, the well, from what it, from what it sounds like, it, it sounds like that. You know, she she has announced her impending retirement, and the reason why that she may not be playing is because of her age, because the U.S. wants. The U the U.S. basically wants to u- utilize their youth when it comes to their mm-hmm. roster, opposed mm-hmm. to as opposed to uh, putting in somebody like Rapinoe. Uh, as a matter of fact, their current coach cited Rapinoe's no, experience and leadership. No, mm-hmm. but in terms of soccer, in terms of soccer age, yeah, she's pretty old. 38 years mm-hmm. old. Well, I'm 53. Mm-hmm. I guess I must be aged. It, it just seems it just seems like th- they're looking at her as basically a super substitute, basically saying that her experience and leadership mean more to this year's squad than her actually playing. I see. Mm-hmm. And also, though, she did suffer a minor calf injury last month, so okay, maybe, perhaps, maybe perhaps that might partially be why she hasn't played at all. Mm-hmm. But that could be a fact. Like, it seems like she's playing the role of what, what Udonis Haslam played for the Miami Heat, where... She's more of a mentor, if anything, being on that roster as opposed to actually going out there and playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I guess kind of makes sense, but at the same time, yeah. why not just have her? Uh, why not just have her as a coach? You know, why waste a mm-hmm. roster spot if you're going to do that? Yeah. Exactly. I mean that doesn't make any sense, honestly, because you know yeah. you have you have players that are that are fighting for the opportunity to represent the United States, and instead you're gonna basically you're gonna basically spend one of those roster spots on somebody who isn't even gonna see the field, and it's not because she isn't good enough. I mean she's a legend. But it's because the coach values her experience a lot more uh, towards towards uh, coaching some of these younger stars 
as opposed to actually seeing her uh, out there on the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, I mean, I guess, I guess I understand, but I still think it's a waste of a roster spot if you're gonna mm-hmm. if you're gonna do that. Unless her when she starts playing again when her injury is better. Uh, I mean, well, maybe, maybe, but I mean, she hasn't even, she, she hasn't even seen, uh, you know, seen the field as a, uh, as a substitute. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if she isn't even being put out there as a substitute, She's probably not going to see. I I would be surprised, honestly, if if she's out there at all during this World Cup, whether they advance or not. Because mm-hmm. if they were going to use her, if they were going to use her, she would have already been out there by now. I right. feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By the way, uh, going over to staying in, staying on soccer for a second here. Going over to Lionel Messi. Uh, yeah, how should I put? How should I put this? Uh, when it comes to viewership, MLS had had the highest viewership for Messi's Major League Soccer debut. The single, yep. the biggest single network audience since Freddie Adu uh, was on DC United in April of 2004. That didn't last that long. When that brought brought up 1.97 million viewers. However, his MLS debut on Apple TV averaged one point or or one and three quarter million viewers. Mm Mm-hmm. He's a popular player. Well, he is. I mean, he's considered to be, you know, he's considered to be uh, one of the greatest of all time, if not the greatest. Well, I I wouldn't say the greatest because I think that still belongs to Pele. Exactly. But it's still, you know, he's he's up there as one of the greatest of all time. So, for some reason, it's... Yeah, but he's, you know, I think I think that whole that whole argument uh, has been settled now when it comes to when it comes to Ronaldo and Messi. You know, who's who's better between the two? Because I mean, Messi's Messi's won himself a World Cup. Maybe we should maybe maybe we should put Messi above Ronaldo. Yes, I think Pele, so. Messi, or Ronaldo. Well, look, I mean, because, you know, uh, both of them, of course, uh, league titles. But I think, you know, with finally winning the World Cup, you know, maybe that's a little bit. But, you know, that's been a great rivalry. And so, you know, the argument will still be intact for years mm-hmm. to come. Right. However, though, it does say here uh, the game was reportedly the most watched American football match, so American soccer match in USA television history with approximately 12.5 million viewers total for Messi's, wow. 
first for Messi's first match on, on American baseball. I mean, I, you know, a, you know, people people say that soccer will never be big in the United States. I think this says oh. otherwise. I think this says otherwise. The fact that he can that he can bring in twelve and a half million viewers, and not not just that, but also now with word that Mbappe is leaving Paris Saint Germain, could a major league soccer, uh, you know, could a could a spot in major league soccer potentially be open for him? But I heard he wasn't interested. No. I thought I heard that Bobby wasn't interested in coming to the NFL. Oh, maybe not. I know. I know he. Uh, I know he spurred or he spurned the uh, Saudi Arabia uh, offer, mm-hmm. which was accepted, by the way, by Paris Saint Germain. I think it was like a three hundred million euro transfer, and yes. they accepted it, but Mbappe rejected it. Uh-huh. So now, as as his uh, as his holdout continues over there, it sounds like Liverpool might be hopping into the into the Mbappe sweepstakes. Yep. And you know, I, I, this is going to transition a little bit into into baseball for a second here because. As we know, John Henry, who owns the Red Sox, also owns Liverpool. Tell you yeah. one thing: they get they get Mbappe. You can forget the Red Sox uh, spending money, right? Because everybody's talking about how the Red Sox are going to have all this money uh, this upcoming free agency. Not if John Henry lands Mbappe. I I'll tell you that right movie. now. What was that? I actually do have a baseball note. After you Mets fans out there, I have two words to say about this. I'm sorry. But you're losing Scherzer to the, Ra- Scherzer to the Rangers. Yep. It just became official. It just happened. Okay. No, it is officially confirmed. Uh, originally, it was on hold, but it has officially been confirmed. Uh, the problem was that Texas wanted Scherzer's 2024 option to be yeah. guaranteed. And Scherzer would not do that. Apparently, apparently, uh, right. he still holds the right to opt out, according to Mar- to uh, the fine sand of uh, – of MLB.com. So mm-hmm. he still he mm-hmm. still holds the ability to potentially opt out uh, of his deal at the end of the season. But they did pay a premium price. They sent their top prospect, Luis Angel Acuna, or if that last name sounds familiar, it is the brother yeah, of Ronald Acuna Jr. Jr., of course. Doris gonna give him some lawyer away. Does to me. Yeah. Okay. And of course Florida hate Florida despises him. 
Yeah. The Marlins hate Acuna. The Marlins hate Acuna. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it makes it makes sense considering considering the Braves are their rivals. So exactly, and it's so close in proximity. Now, what I find interesting is that the Mets chose to bring in a shortstop as opposed to a pitching prospect. I would have thought that it would have been either Jack Leiter or, or Kumar Rocker headed back Al, Al to, uh, headed to uh, New York. The Mets like father, like son. I didn't. I didn't think that it would be Luis Angel Acuna. I mean, that is that is a pretty a pretty good haul for the rain or for uh for the Mets. No doubt right. about it. That's a pretty good haul. But I was not expecting. You know, I was I was expecting that they would go pitcher for pitcher. So that's actually a pretty. Yeah. I think that's actually a win for the Rangers. The fact that the fact that they can I mean they don't really need a, you know they, yeah, they have they have a prized uh shortstop prospect in Acuña. You also have to keep in mind who they have currently starting at shortstop. So they got Corey Seager uh, and uh, you know they also have Marcus Simeon as a potential option, unless they're unless they're expecting Corey Seager to be leaving any any uh, anytime soon. Hmm. Acuna Acuna would just be blocked, basically, in the minors. He would be blocked on their depth chart. Max Scherzer immediately slots in. As the second, uh, as the second overall starter for the Texas Rangers in their in their starting rotation. Of course, Nathan Eovaldi is still considered for the time being until Jacob Degrom returns. Uh, Eovaldi is still considered to be their ace moving forward. But Scherzer slots in in the number two spot, and it looks like John Gray will move to number three with Andrew Heaney at, num- at, at number four and Dane Dunning being their fifth starter in the rotation. And from what I've heard, the Rangers may not be done. The Rangers did have a scout in San Francisco today scouting James Paxton. Big mistake for the Yankees. So they may not be done yet. They can have. Do the Rangers actually need anyone else? Well, yeah, I mean, they, they could. Because let's let's keep in mind, this is the first time the Rangers have been have been contenders in how long? So and they're clearly going they're all lost. in. Mm-hmm. You know they're. I think the last time they made the playoffs was when they when they went to the World Series, right? And had that epic collapse in Game Six. Yeah, the yeah the epic collapse by Ron Washington. Going stupid. But Who is uh, Ron Washington? Let me, 
he was their uh their their coach at the time, their manager. Oh, okay. And he I think I think he's with he's with what, Atlanta now? As their as what, I think he's like their first base coach or something. But mm-hmm. let, let me bring in let me bring in Alex. Alex, do you do you remember the last time the Rangers were were in the playoffs? It was when they made the World Series, right? Hey, what's up, guys? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, when they had Beltre and uh, when he was all, he was awesome. He was he was the best probably in the league. Maybe Josh Hamilton. I think that's the last, the closest they got. Yeah, it's been years, probably a decade. I'll look it up real quick. Oh, oh yeah, wait that's a the last time they no, were wait, making wait a serious run. No, hang on. They they lost in 2010 to the Giants. They lost in 2011 to the Cardinals. Yeah. Then in 2012 they made the wild card, but they lost to the Orioles. 2015 they lost to the Blue Jays in the ALDS, and so. It was 2016 because they got swept by the Blue Jays in the ALDS that year. So they haven't been to the playoffs for the last six years. Matter of fact, they haven't had a winning record in the last six years, let alone making the playoffs. Yeah, they have Seager, Adolis Garcia. They have like three or four all-star hitters. What do they need? Pitching. Pitching. That's right. what they're doing. Loading up. So what what are your what are your thoughts of uh, on the Rangers? I mean they have a, just an awesome a seriously kick ass a great a great offensive lineup. A lot of fun to watch. A lot of yeah, what are, what are your thoughts um, on uh, on Scherzer? On Scherzer going to the Rangers. Yeah, I mean the the Mets are done, you know, put in the books like their announcer likes to say. They were done and Scherzer and Verlander on borrowed time, short-term contracts, getting getting long in the tooth. Great careers, you know, their time is near. So it's almost like you're doing them a favor, chipping them to a contender. It's just a matter of how much, as long you know, it's just a matter of making sure you can get the right, a good enough uh, return because they still are, you know, Hall of Fame arms. So, I mean, I'm, I'm whatever. I'm not like a big Scherzer guy. He kind of, you guys yeah. remember, I mean, last year, he was the big, big, big shot big shit guy that they brought in last year and he choked in the playoffs. So I'm not like, uh, I'm not exactly wearing a Scherzer jersey around. I'm not like worshiping the guy, but right. he's, he's still a really, really talented, you know, veteran type of guy that you'd love to still, you know, go to war with in the playoffs. So he's probably just what the doctor ordered. He's a good, he's a good addition for the Rangers. Um, right. I, but yeah, I, I, you I, know, I think, I, well, I was just going to say, I think that, I think the big, the big problem here is the fact that the Mets, you know, they essentially this past off season they went all in when it came to pitching. That you know, they they went out and got Verlander. Uh, you know, just this past uh, just this past well last season I should say they had brought in Max Scherzer. So I think yeah. what they were doing they were already preparing for Jacob Degrom to leave, and yeah. Yeah. now seemingly it, and plus they got Kodai Senga. And I think the problem is, is that their attempted investment has seemingly blown up in their face. With, well, they, those guys uh, mentioned, folks, Sanga, yeah, Sanga got up to a little bit of a rocky start. He's he's really gotten good lately. Too little too late, as they say, but he's finally shown signs of promise why they why he was so um, 
have thought after coming out of Japan, uh, coming out, you know, overseas. Uh, Verlander and Scherzer have been a little bit injured. There have been like B, B pluses this year. It's not really not good enough. And then I know I've beaten a dead horse. I've said it many times. I mean, just Lindor, Alonzo, the batting champ McNeil last year hit like 320. This year he's like 240. Alonzo, Lindor, like 220, 220. Just awful. Their defense has been terrible. Their, their bullpen's been terrible. Yeah. They, you know, it's, it's like a combination of things, unfortunately. And then they just now, – now they went on a little bit of a hot streak and they traded their closer for – their return was a, a catcher and a shortstop. Their best young player is a catcher, and Lindor's their shortstop. And those guys are like six years away from making a debut. So that was a bad move, the Robertson move, I thought. But apparently – I know, Steve, you and I were talking a little bit after Lou's show today, like late afternoon, when it happened. Did they confirm exactly who they got back? If they got Acuna, I mean, I just want to make sure yeah. they get good players, like young guys yeah. that can play, you know, not not wait half a decade. I mean, for them to, like, trade, right. like, their closer for a young catcher, <laughs> they have Francisco Alvarez, one of their few bright spots as a, as a young catcher. So the Robertson move was, like, yeah. pretty ridiculous. <laughs> that was yeah, not they, got, they, got, they got Luis Angel Acuna. And also, nice. as as part of it, as part of it, the Mets will be sending thirty six million dollars to wow. the Rangers to cover a majority of Scherzer's remaining deal. So, the Rangers wow. will only be on the hook for twenty two and a half million in order to get a player like Acuna. I can find that in my uh, ashtray in my car. <laughs> yeah. So. It's amazing the money, remarkable. You know, the, I guess get, the only it, thing, and I and I, I asked uh, I asked Lou about this earlier. Uh, I guess the only thing that that bugs me about this is I really thought that they were going to go for a pitching prospect like like Jack Leiter or right. Kumar Rocker in return. Yeah, well, remember Rocker is is in the uh, Rangers system. They had drafted Rocker, and then they didn't sign him. Mm-hmm. So he's probably on the, uh, you know, blacklist, so to speak, with them. They probably didn't want him anymore. But, yeah, Leiter, obviously, ties to the Mets with, with his dad, Al Leiter. He's uh, a Ranger prospect. I was like, yeah, I agree. I thought they would go after him. Apparently he's been struggling in the minors, which is weird. He was the number two overall pick last year. I thought he would be a, a Met now, but – Steve, Lou, or Diane, does anyone know? Did they get anyone else besides um, Acuna's brother for Scherzer? Was there any nope. any other players involved? Wow. Nope. One one for one. Jeez. Two of their other top. They went for the prospects. top. I was just reading up like after dinner. I was reading up. They have a couple other arms. Wow. And Acuna's yeah, brother. No, I mean, no one's, uh, no one's going to be the big brother. He's but. the Rangers. He's the Rangers' top prospect. Oh, uh, okay. I was just looking like MLB.com. He's been like, yeah, I guess he's number one a couple yeah. places, number two or three. Oh, you know how it is. There's 80 different cool lists. Baseball America, everyone's a little bit different, all the rankings. Yeah, I mean, I guess he's like 5'8 or 5'9. No no one's going to be uh, his brother. You can't expect him to be that. But, you know, if he could be maybe a – I don't know. Scherzer is going to be like a two-month rental. So, kind of exciting. Right. I thought they would get – like you said, though, I would prefer to pitcher. They're unloading all these. So you know, far, uh, so far though for the double A for the double A Frisco Rough Riders uh, this season, seven homers, fifty one RBIs, batting three fifteen. 
Uh, In particular, uh, 25 doubles, two triples, and this is in 84 games played. So, uh, not to mention his first. Okay, this is someone's mind running. It's his first full full year in double A. Is this the Mets Langer team? No, it's the, uh, well, now he'll be on the Mets minor league team, but uh, this is how he was doing for the uh, Rangers minor league team. Oh, okay. Yeah. So now, I mean, this is technically his first full season in in double A after he had three homers and 18 RBIs last year in 37 games uh, ever since he got called up to double-A. Uh, but this year, obviously, he's doing a hell of a lot better uh, now that he's gotten adjusted to double-A to ball. So I wouldn't be surprised if he potentially gets a call-up to triple-A yeah. before the end of the season. The way he's batting right now for uh, – well, I don't know who the, yeah. I don't know who the affiliate of the Mets is, but he'll he'll be on the uh, next. Uh, I would think next year, and they're gonna he's shortstop. He's gonna uh, Lindor's a anchor there, so they'll switch him. The easiest transition will be. I, I'm sure he'll start playing second base right away. I would think because he's also shorter. He's not a big power guy. Like they're not gonna. And they have Beatty, and uh, they have a couple third base prospects. So I think there's kind of a void. He'll probably be a second baseman. And you can't can't groom him as a shortstop now. I mean, Lindor's not really going anywhere. Possibly. Now, so let, me ask you, let me ask you something. Let me let me ask you something, Lou. Uh, obviously, this probably means that that uh, Verlander is next. You would think, right? I would think so, and he hasn't done anything for the Mets. I mean, they were they were looking for him to you know continue his winning ways and do it. The Astros and maybe help bring the Mets uh, to a World Series title, but he hasn't done anything uh, for the Mets, so it's been a major disappointment. And Scherzer as well. These two are brought in, you know, to hopefully um, increase what the Mets uh, built on last year, and it's been anything but. So uh, I think uh, Scherzer is going to be next to go. I mean, there's a lot that can happen between now and Tuesday, though, so we'll see. But I do think that Scherzer, who has been a major disappointment, uh, is going to be going. I'm not sure there's a ranger now. Yeah, sure there is a ranger. Yeah. So yeah, but now I think you mean Verlander. Yeah, Verlander. Well, Verlander was on the Astros last year, but he came over the Mets to try to get them to where he was last year, but that isn't happening. Yeah, okay. yeah, obviously he got it. Once one goes, the other the other is definitely going to go. It's just a matter of where. They can't. They got to now. They really back to the Astros. If they can give up uh, the best package, he's going to go wherever the Mets can get the best players back. Yeah. If it's the well, moon from, or from to, what I've read, wherever no. whoever else. Yeah, from, from what I've read, <laughs> I've read, I've read it's Houston. I've read it's Houston and the Dodgers that are ahead in the running yeah. for Verlander right now. Oh, so he might go home again. Oh, okay. Yeah. Possibly. L.A. would be kind of cool. Dodgers got yeah. some good guys. Uh, I mean, Dodgers are elite. Who they says you have, can't have, go home? Dodgers always have good But then again, though, so let's be real, though. The Dodgers are basically in on everybody. 
I mean, they got Kike Hernandez. Uh, right. You know, they're they're supposedly they're supposedly in on uh, Eduardo Rodriguez. They got Joe Kelly and Lance Lynn. Uh, Rosario. You know, they're, they're supposedly Rosario. in on every single person in the uh, in the trade market right now. So, why not just give all of the players to the Dodgers? Then there's only going to be one team, the Dodgers. <laughs> I mean, seriously, how many players can you expect to acquire? And, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, yeah, uh, you know, Magic Johnson is one of their owners. But, my God, you've got to have awfully deep pockets. If you're, if you're willing to take on – as a matter of fact, I heard they tried to uh, – I heard they tried to make a play to bring back uh, Justin Turner. But, yeah. but they got shut down by Boston. Yeah. Yeah, well, Magic, I mean, Hollywood, Showtime, big pockets. It's like the Lakers. They're in on everyone at the trade deadline. You've, we've seen how it works, though. You can put together the best roster down the stretch, but it's like chemistry. You know, you mm-hmm. can't just – it's not a video game. Usually, you know, right. a team that's played, long, played together a while, that means a lot more than the back of the baseball card. So it's like they can't revamp yeah. their whole team and expect to win it all, you know? it. it it could happen, but it usually doesn't. So, I mean, the Dodgers and, and the Dodgers have had some injuries. Kershaw is getting older. The Dodgers are—they're not as incredible as they as they normally are. So yeah, they're definitely no. looking to add more and more. They're dangerous. They're a really good team. Don't get me wrong, but they're not like as mighty as they once were. Right, and also you know going back to uh, going back to Max Scherzer here, uh, apparently. This kind of stems from Scherzer being pissed <laughs> off. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry there. I thought we had a home run, but no, we don't. Uh, we have <laughs> Are you a. The Sox? Yeah, I'm watching the Red Sox right now. I thought I uh, thought that was going into the lake, but nope. That was a that was a uh, double off of the wall. Uh, they do have runners at second and third, with nobody <laughs> out though. Um, but. What was I talking about? Oh yeah. Uh, well, when it comes Scherzer, to the Mets, Scherzer destroyed. Scherzer pulled into a Jim Irsay, or uh, we've all maybe been there. I know. I have, yeah, he said something on social mm-hmm. media. He stood up. Um, yeah, Scherzer basically ripped into the Mets front office, and then the next day he's getting traded. <laughs> so, that's yeah, works. Scherzer, Scherzer was pissed off when they sent David Robertson to Miami. By the way, that was in exchange for Ronald Hernandez and Marco Vargas. Uh, yeah. Low minors prospect basically, and in, and in response to that, the Marlins, the Marlins then sent Matt Barnes to the 60 day DL, so uh, in order to clear a roster spot. But needless to say, oh, that's bringing in a maybe bringing in two, bringing in two. We are tied. Ooh, we are tied. What are you talking about? Corey Turner, the Red, Red Sox, or I mean, just uh, I'm sorry, not Corey Turner, Red Justin Turner. Wow. And you know what? I'm going to I'm going to come to Boston here in a minute because uh Boston is probably one of the hottest teams in Major League Baseball right now when it comes yep. to their run. But uh you know, as far as the Mets go, I mean, we've already mm-hmm. seen Robertson leave. We, now we've seen Scherzer leave. 
I'm pretty sure Verlander will probably be will probably go. I wouldn't be surprised 100%. if there's if there's quite a few more because the Brewers the Brewers uh, have called about Mark Canna. So Canna and Pham. Canna and Pham. You know that's I mean, another. They're keeping, they're keeping Senga, obviously Lindor, Alonzo, Alvarez, their catcher of the future. They still have a good core. They're not really. I'm serious. I mean, I've been reading about it on, on the news too. They're not. They're not rebuilding. They're not blowing it up. They're retooling. Like they think they're going to be competitive next year. Because think about it, Verlander and Scherzer, one or both, of them, they might not even been, been healthy or met next year either way. So wow. it's not like they're trading twenty four year olds, twenty three year olds. Like they're not blowing things up. They're just, you know. And then now those contracts. I mean, their their money bag donor is going to sign a couple free agents again. Maybe make a run for Otani. They keep talking about that behind the scenes. Who knows? Probably not. But, right. I mean, they're going to be spenders again. So it's like they're not – I don't think they're going to be a last-place team for five years rebuilding. It's kind of like a half-rebuild, if, if that makes sense. They're yeah. just getting rid of the really right. old guys. And then they're, they're keeping their best young players together. Like Lou said, I mean, Scherzer, Verlander definitely. Like, they're, they're not what they used to be. So it's like get rid of them. And then down yeah. the road, one or two of these prospects might really be uh, – a kick-ass player. So it's not like a tear. It's not a big rebuild. Uh, it's just like a temporary let's, let's kind of revamp, a little facelift on the, on the run. I do okay. not understand why Rep Snyder tried to steal second there. Oh, man. He I'm was just, out by a right damn now. mile. <laughs> The Nationals wow. are beating the Mets eight to one. Yep. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just. I, I. I'm still. I'm still dumbfounded by that. Oh that wow! Out by a mile. Who are the Red Sox playing? Giants. The San Francisco okay. Giants. And you know, going over to the Boston Red Sox, actually, uh, there's still a question, you know, obviously Ken Rosenthal believes that they're going to be, uh, or not Rosenthal, uh, Buster Olney believes that they're going to be buyers. However, according to Ken Rosenthal, though, earlier in today's game, Ken Rosenthal has said with the pitching market the way it is right now, Boston could potentially fetch a premium price if they were to sell James Paxton, which I find very interesting, because we all know how Heim Bloom loves those huge packages of prospects. Yeah, I think it'd be cool. They're the hottest, maybe the hottest team in baseball. Arms are always so essential to have. You never you move fast before you move arms. They're in the race. I mean, I think that'd be foolish, but like you said before, I mean, their GM loves prospects, so I, I don't know how you could weaken your team while you're about to make the playoffs. <laughs> it's not uh, – the people in Boston would not be too happy. I mean, you, you said it, unless, if they get an awesome prospect back, yeah, but it's still, that would be hurting this year. So I don't know. Steve, what do you think as a Boston fan? Would you like it for a good prospect? Or? Honestly, I think be kind of watering, watering it down. It would be kind of watering down this year's team. Yeah, but at the same time, uh, you know, like I like I told you earlier, the way Pavetta's been pitching, they could probably move Pavetta back into the rotation. Yeah. 
and plus Tanner. Plus, you have Tanner Houck returning, so Tanner Houck will will need will need a rotation spot. Yeah. So the way I look they, at yeah. it, I think it all depends. I think it all depends on what is being offered for yeah for Paxton. We've seen like we've just seen like we've all seen you could get lose one or two starters in a week or two. So if like someone else goes yeah. down and then they turn around and go, oh, we just dealt Paxton like a month later. Like I, I'd hold on to the arms, you know, while you're going into a huge playoff race. That's just me. Can never have. I mean, pitch. I've heard, I've heard rumors. I, I have heard rumors that they are looking at one of the St. Louis Cardinals starters. Uh, Flaherty has been yeah. brought up. Jack Flaherty. Uh, also, I believe Jordan Montgomery has been brought up as well. That could be interesting, yeah. And Montgomery, Montgomery, wasn't he a Yankee? He was a Yankee, yeah. He was, yeah. They traded him. He was, he was a former. Uh, they traded him for Harrison Bader. Yeah, he was a mm-hmm. he was a former Yankee, and for some reason the Yankees decided to give up on him. I don't know why, but. That's uh, not the shop is still in the shed. That's a Cashman move. But yeah, and I've also heard that the Sox have called them regarding Paul DeJong, their shortstop. So I know I, I understand the shortstop move because that would mean that Trevor Story would probably, when he comes back, uh, I believe next Friday is his uh, target date to return to the majors, uh, he would probably go back to second base if they were to acquire somebody like DeJong to put at shortstop. Yeah. But, I mean, I mean amazing. I just, look, just, look, just look. Yes, you yeah. Well, I was just saying, I would not be surprised if Heim went out and if if because obviously the starting pitching market is starving for yeah. uh, starters right now yeah. to where teams teams that are looking like say for example the Texas Rangers you know the Texas Rangers they just got Scherzer uh chances are I mean they they had a scout there in San Francisco today scouting James Paxton I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if they make a run at Paxton too, and yeah. I'll tell you right now, I mean, if they if they offer if they offer a lighter or or rocker for Paxton, I'll take it. I, I would prefer so, uh, lighter, but yeah. Paxton's the ultimate you know, one year deal. Journeyman, Paxton's flippable. You're right; he's he, he's movable because he's just like a one year mercenary I mean, everywhere he goes, and he also gets injured falling out of yeah. bed. You can get whatever you can get from I mean, Paxton just, while you can. Yeah, just uh, just put it this way: if I guarantee you, oh, that's a walk off. Yeah. Uh, if Paxton, you know, if Paxton return, if, pa- if if Paxton stays with the Red Sox, I guarantee you, he's probably gone at the end. He's probably gone in free agency. He's like he's because, like Walker. He, every year he like does well or gets injured, and every year, every other year he's on a new team. It's like it's fascinating. He's just like Michael Walker. 
<laughs> they never stay on the same team, mostly because they get injured. But for a while, they look so good when they're healthy, and then they just move to a different team. Yeah, and it's not, it's not even it's not even the fact that uh, he's a journeyman. Yeah. It's more of the fact that he's going to be, you know, he's going to command probably a lot of money in free agency now that he's shown that he's healthy. But, but the walk, I mean, he's the bet. I guess he's better than Waka, but I mean, I don't know if teams are kind of hesitant just because they both, they both have arms that are just so injury rattled. He's awesome, but it's like, it's a big risk. But no, I mean, you, you, they, he could get, command a lot of money. We'll see. I mean, I just, it's tough to walk into the, the dugout the next day. If you're like a Boston Red Sox, if they move a really good pitcher and you guys are in a playoff race, it, it would demoralize. It would piss off some of the players, that's for sure. Or if you guys remember last right. year, Milwaukee, Brewer, Milwaukee Brewers, it's it's the same idea. I mean, a bigger player. But remember when the Brewers moved their closer, star closer, Hater, last year, when they were in the playoff race, they traded him to San Diego. And apparently, I was reading about it today, that um, just randomly I read an article about it. Like, the Brewers were – there were players that were really pissed off, and they, like, crumbled down the stretch. Even just because of one little trade, one trade, one player – it can really throw off the team. You know, players are like, why are, why are you moving, so, you know, a popular guy? Like, I just I, – I'd be hesitant to do it because the, the Red Sox are su- so surprising right now. They're red hot. Yeah, they lost tonight. Not a big deal. Yeah. They're really a hot team. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mess with it. I'd let it I'd, – I'd keep it the same and maybe add someone. This, this could be a match yeah, of the year, you man. Know, the Red Sox, when the Red Sox get hot, man, they have some serious mojo. <laughs> Seriously, they can make miracles happen. Love them or hate them. You know what I mean? We've seen that before. With they have a very, it's hard to describe. But when they get in the playoffs, they're capable of doing anything. So I wouldn't mess with too much as they they go down the home stretch. You know, I do Just think the, I do think the one who is most likely to move is probably Adam Duvall, because I know I know oh. the Phillies were there. The Phillies were also there today scouting Duvall. Uh, I think. If anybody was to move, uh, it would probably be him because that would mean it would free up an everyday spot for Duran so that they won't have to keep rotating, uh, yeah. you know, they won't have to keep rotating outfielders. And Duval would actually still fetch a respectable, a respectable price despite being on, you know, despite, despite being uh, basically a bench player. You know, he would still fetch a respectable price, essentially, yeah. for Boston. Uh, here's the thing. That's I mean, funny. with 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 Heim wanting to buy and sell, and you know, I got I got absolutely like I said last week. I got I got absolutely laughed at when I suggested that Heim would buy and sell, and. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen it happen so far throughout his entire Red Sox tenure. That's all he does. He never <laughs> flat out buys. He buys and sells. Tries to play both sides of the fence. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's the exact same thing here. If I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, they, they've already shut down offers for Justin Turner from every team that has asked. So that, would be, that would be ridiculous. Uh, he's like a leader already. That would be a massive mistake. Yeah, he's like a clubhouse leader already. Tax is a different story. Yeah, 
I wouldn't be surprised if Duvall is traded, and I wouldn't be surprised if Paxton is traded. Because Mm -hmm. Paxton is basically a rental. Turner, I mean, yeah, Turner has an opt-out after this year, but I think Turner is starting to like it in Boston. So, as he he said in one of his interviews uh, earlier this week, so I wouldn't necessarily say that he's out the first chance he gets. But I mean, just the just the fact alone that teams have, that teams have turned uh, have been turned down for trying to trade for Justin Turner. I he's think that, I think that speaks a lot. So <laughs> a couple of players might boycott it. I mean, if you move a guy like that in a pennant race, that'd be absolutely ridiculous. I mean, they, you know what I mean? That guy's just like he's a winner. And he's a competitor, and that's the yeah. type of guy you want in your dugout. You know what I mean? He's got it. He's got the rings, yeah. the background, the resume. Uh, but yeah, I mean, and also, move Paxton. yeah. Another thing to keep in mind: I, I I can't believe I forgot about this player. They could always put Josh Winkowski back into the starting rotation too. Yeah, because Winkowski was one of the bright rookies actually last year for Boston uh, out of their starting rotation. Though he ultimately ended up uh, becoming a bullpen player this year, but uh, you know he was what was his record? He had a five and seven uh, a five and seven record in fourteen starts last year, and let's you know let's remember last year's team was absolutely atrocious. So. I mean, those numbers are kind of misleading, but he has been a starter before. So it's not out of the realm of possibility with him having a 3-1 and record, a 2.880 RA out of the bullpen so far this year. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they do deal Paxton, assuming that Nick Pavetta stays on the roster, because that's another thing, too, uh, with Pavetta's uh, stock rising after he was placed in the bullpen, Pavetta could fetch potentially a return on this market. But at the same time, you know, it it all really depends on what Boston would be getting in return as to whether or not, because they don't want to give up too much and not address certain needs. That, that 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 roster currently has. Yeah. So yeah. I, you know, I still believe that if that, that if anybody's going to be moved by Boston, any main roster players, it will more than likely be Paxton and Duval. Yeah, so a slippery slope. You don't want to change too much when you're when you're red hot. It's like ooh. I, right. I don't know. I, I don't know the, what the upside is, but yeah, it's it's a risky proposition. When when you're rolling, it's like you want to keep going. You don't want to really change things up. But right, see what they do. Like you said, they have a, he has a propensity. He has a background of uh of trying to trying to sell and buy at the same time. It's pretty bold. <laughs> yeah, it makes it exciting as a fan, I'm sure. But yeah, you don't want to you don't want to see him give up like a Turner or somewhere where it's just like what the heck. But, hey, if they can add a prospect while they're going into the playoffs, that'd be pretty cool, too. Interesting. 
But, you know, enough about Boston. There's another player I want to talk about. And I want to, I'm going to go with you on this one first, Lou. In your opinion, are the Angels making a mistake by hanging on to Shohei Otani? No, not at all. Because without him, I don't think they, I don't think they even, even close to being a playoff contention. So I think it was the right move by keeping Otani all along. Even even with them be even with them looking on the outside on the out on the outside looking in when it comes to the playoff race. Yes, I think it was the right move by keeping us high. Because I mean, looking so right now, they're they four and a half games out. They have to be careful because you know he's now had uh, consecutive games with uh, leg cramps. So uh, Tommy, you know, has to stay healthy now as well. If they want to make any contention of um, staying contention for the playoffs, so he has to be careful. But I do think that the Angels made the right move in, in keeping him because without him, they are nothing. They wouldn't even be close to playoff contention if they if they traded him. Right. You know, it it just seems weird to me that the Angels believe that they are uh, that they're potentially contending. And matter of fact, they're going to be buyers as they acquired Lucas Giolito and Ronaldo yeah. Lopez from the White Sox in exchange for catcher Edgar Cuero and left-handed pitcher Kai Bush. And they've already and had the guys thing that like gets... uh, Moustakis, Eduardo Escobar. They brought in Renfro uh, over the summer. They're loading up. I, I like what Lou said. At first, last, last couple of weeks, I was like, dude, he's gone. You got to get something back because Otani's going to go to LA. I know I've been saying that. I, I'm guilty, but now lately I agree with Lou. Um, they've gotten, they've won a couple in a row. I know they've won today. I know Otani had cramps, but I kind of like what Lou's saying. It's like if he's probably going to leave, they pro- they're they're doing their absolute best before he walks out the door. They're going to add as much talent as they can, like de- almost desperately. But like they're I, they're they're probably thinking. If they can like get into the playoffs, you said they're four and a half out, dude. There's like fifty. There's like sixty games left. Fifty-five games left. That's a lot. That's not that bad. They're they're yeah. They're, they're four and they a half. Can get, they can get in. They're, they can get in. They're four and a half out, but they're behind Boston. They're behind New York. They're behind yeah. well, New York. Houston. Not they're New York. behind New York. Toronto. They can, catch, they can catch the Yankees. I think they can catch the Blue Jays. I think I think they're just trying to get in and make it like a make so much excitement, maybe, like, win Otani over and make it so, like, wow, you know, they're not going to win the World Series. Duh. But if they get in the playoffs and really have some excitement, the, the, the stadium's sold out, Otani's really excited, maybe he falls in love with, again with Spain. So, you know what I mean? It's like they're making every effort possible to try to, like, woo and convince Otani to stay. Look, we're doing all this for you. Please don't go. So, it's, it's, it's ballsy. It's risky. Because now he might walk. He might go to L.A. or Boston or New York or wherever next year. He's, you know, he's going to get the biggest contract ever. They could have gotten two or three awesome prospects for him, but they're, they're, they're betting that you know, they can have a really magical end of the year and somehow keep him. I, I agree with Lou. Right. I do. You know, it's, like, it's not like it's not a sure thing, but they're, they're in love with him. They're hoping like, they can win him back, win him over, and make him fall back in love with them. Because he hears all the stories. Now, Obviously, he knows he can go anywhere for $500 million, But maybe yeah. the AL championship game, maybe he goes, wow, I love it here, and we are a winner. Because Trout's going to come back soon. They have a couple other guys coming back. I mean, they, they do have a really good lineup now If once Trout gets back. 
if everyone's healthy. Here's the and now problem, they, have, they, they added Giolito. They added Giolito. I mean, they have a good roster now. Maybe they can get hot. Here's the problem, though. Giolito, his first game as an Angel was a 4-1 to one loss against the Blue Jays, where he gave up three runs on five and a third innings, including That's two terrible. home runs, might I add. Yes. And In Toronto. There was That's absolutely no point. offensive help for him. Yeah. That's not encouraging, but I mean, at least he didn't get he didn't get blown up. So it was like a, eh, you know, it wasn't a total total disgrace of a, of a debut. He's a talented guy. I, they're just trying to show Otani, look, we're we're very committed to you. We're doing everything we can to make sure that you that you can win a ring here. Please don't go. And again, it can, oh, like, I think it was a good out. move. I like it. I was thinking for for weeks. Oh, dude, he's gone. You better get three or four prospects because they can get a, a ton of talent back for him. But now it's like. They're pushing all the chips to the end of the table and saying, let's let's try to keep them. Do you like it too, Steve? You I mean, they, this, should, they should be doing what they're doing? Honestly, I mean, I think they should move them. It's just, uh, now, obviously, you know, this is me. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. it would it would help the it would help the Red Sox if they ever had to face the Angels to not face Otani. But, you know, I mean, let's be real. 50, they're, they're 54 and 51. They're six and a half back in the division. They're four and a half back in the wild card. The wild card, you have currently Tampa Bay, Toronto, and Houston. Then you have Boston, New York, and Seattle before you get to L.A. So, and L.A. is tied with Seattle, might I add. So, not only do they have to upstage Seattle – they have to upstage New York and Boston. And just being honest, I don't see that happening. And not just that, they would also have to upstage Houston and Toronto, who are seemingly even with each other. They're not doing Houston, but, I mean, is anyone, is any pitcher alive? I mean, is any competitor, like, scared of Seattle? If the Eagles play well, they can, they can overtake Seattle. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah. I know they have a ton of talent, ton of tradition. I know. I, I'm not trying to sound all anti-Yankee because I'm a disgruntled Mets loser fan. But, I mean, this doesn't seem like the Yankees here. I, I think no. they can overtake the Yankees. I, I think they can pass the Yankees, too. So those are two teams right there. The Yankees in Seattle, a hot Angels team can pass them, I, I think. So I think it can what be What about done. Boston? It's not going to be easy. Boston, what about Boston? But, I mean, the Angels, Otani, Trout, I mean, they have they, – again, it's more like fantasy baseball. They have a sick lineup. Mostakis is actually playing pretty well. Taylor Ward's pretty good. Um, you no, know, I don't think they'll pass Boston, but they just have to get in that final spot. So, if, like you said, if it's Yankees or Seattle, I think they could, they could pass both of them. So, they could – I mean, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? They're not going to be a three or four seed. I, I get confused all the time, all the wild cards. But they have they, – I think they can get one of the spots. A lot of time left. Yeah, because right now, right now it's Tampa yeah. Bay, Toronto, and Houston holding yeah, those not three wild card spots. Yeah, and then you put Boston, and then I think yeah. those other two are up for grabs. I mean, the Yankees are just not—they're just not playing well. I read an article: the Yankees are the most what most most nine nine inning losses, walk off losses in the MLB in the last two years. They're losing a lot yeah. of like one zero, two one. The offense is sputtering. Stanton's hitting one ninety. Who knows if Judge is going to really be healthy down the stretch? It's, I don't think it's the Yankees' year. 
So I think the Angels can at least pass them. You know, yeah, it's hard to get. But just Dallas yeah. perform well if the Yankees are going to make the postseason. Otherwise, you can forget it. Yeah. I just don't think it's a – Yeah, I but I think, the, I think they need more off. help than Judge, though. He's a big part of it. Yeah, I mean, it never had a – yeah, it's a big part. But, I mean, you got to have other guys step up. They're just been, like, just their offense. They have, like, three or four guys in the lineup every night hitting under 200. I mean, it's just like, wow. Mm-hmm. It's not a typical Yankee wow. lineup. Like, for uh, example, I, I, think, I think maybe – I think maybe acquiring a player the likes of Cody Bellinger at the deadline, I yeah. think, would possibly help. Yep. Um, I mean, there, I, I, yeah, I, th- I think there, I think there's a, there's a few moves that they could potentially look at. I, I believe they would have to address their pitching as well. Mm-hmm. I, I do think with with how the Yankees have been aggressive to make moves in the past. I would not rule out them making some sort of some sort of effort to try and propel themselves forward that would that would ultimately put them right back in the thick of the race. I mean, yeah, we've yeah. Seen, you know, we've seen it happen before. I mean, granted yeah. obviously, you know, this obviously this Yankees team isn't anywhere close to the Yankee teams of the past that have made the playoffs. No. Or, or teams that have, you know, teams that have been fighting just to make the playoffs. Obviously, this, you know, this Yankees team isn't anywhere close to those teams. But I just, yeah, with with the Dan, talent Dan, that they have, they don't know, dude. Be, I, I don't. I'm sorry, man. Rizzo definitely has lost a step. Stanton definitely a yeah. shell of who he used to be. Stanton and Rizzo are not close. They're not good major league players right now. They're they're like decent. And then, um, yeah. dude, I'm sorry. LeMay, who used to be a batting champ, LeMay is sitting like 240, no power. Do they have any speed? How's their defense? They're starting like Willie Volpe. Calhoun, Mc, McKinney in outfield, Volpe sub 200. I'm, uh, dude, I'm just looking at the stats. I mean, most nights the Yankees are scoring like two runs. I, I, I don't see it at the playoff team. I don't know if one bat fixes that. They got to, like, get healthy and – I, they got to almost do what the Mets are doing, but like with some of those bats, just get like a little bit younger and faster next year. I just, I don't, I just don't think it's the Yankees year. I do respect them, but they're, no. they're just having a weird. They just, they're not a playoff team. No, no. And Lou, I mean, you know, I love yeah. you, and I, and I respect, the, I, I respect the Yankees. I'm just, I'm not trying to bash them, but it's like I watch them no, all I, in I the area. Like, you, like, they don't have the yeah, same. I mean, they don't have the same that they have. Yeah, no, I'm on the, they're on TV. They're on TV. They're on TV every night where I am, just like you. And it's like I watch them a lot. I listen to, I listen to Sterling and Susan. I listen to them on the radio a lot. And it's like even the announcers yeah. and the and the fan, and the fans and stuff. It's like everyone's sense is like, wow, this is not the year. Right. It is what it is. Yeah, you know, I just I just think though with the with the Angels that. Obviously, you know this is a, this is like a once in a lifetime chance. Yeah. When it comes to for it. obviously having Otani, you know, if they are keeping Otani, they must have some sort of they must have some sort of agreement. I feel with Otani that eventually a deal will be ironed out, because otherwise, Ooh. I don't uh-huh. see how you waste that opportunity to try and get something for him. Yeah, it's interesting. Maybe he's been – I'm sure he's been asking. He's a, 
he's an awesome competitor. I'm sure he's obviously he and his family and his agent, and his translator, they all, they want to win just like trout. So I, mean, I don't know if he promised him he would resign, but maybe hey, let's, if, if we go for it and we get in the playoffs, I'll probably stay here. Maybe he said something like that to someone. Cause yeah, they went all in. They certainly aren't thinking that he's definitely leaving. Uh, I don't know. Because if they, if they knew he was leaving, they wouldn't have done this. So it's like maybe there's a secret handshake in place. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. That's, you know, that, that's the one thing that has me wondering. I think it's like, let's make the playoffs. Let's sell at the stadium and be on, you know, TV in October and make it like a dream season. That's the best way to keep them. So it's like, it's ballsy. But, yeah, I agree with Lou and you. Like, I'm glad. I thought for weeks they were going to move him, but now it's like I'm I'm watching them every day now. I, I want to get I want them to get him. I don't want him to go to you know to kind of sell yeah. out and go to the Dodgers. Like everyone and their brother, oh he's going to go to the bright lights, the, the Dodgers. And Anaheim, remember they're like the smaller the the stepchild out there. Of the, the Dodgers are like the big brother out there. It would be cool if you right. Anaheim. I'm not like pulling for the now, Dodgers. Speaking of the I, Dodgers, I hope they do well. I hope the Angels. I hope the Angels keep him. Speaking speaking of the Dodgers, the Dodgers, like I said earlier, they did uh, bring back Kike Hernandez, and in yeah. return, they gave Boston their 29th best prospect, Nick Robertson, as well as unranked prospect Justin Hageman, uh, in exchange for for Kike. Both pitchers have been pitching in AAA this year. Although Robertson has seen some uh, has seen some time in the big leagues, ten and a third innings. Uh, now he has gotten roughed up pretty uh, pretty bad though. Seven earned runs in ten and a ten and a third innings out of the bullpen for the Dodgers this year. However, I consider this, if being a Boston fan, I consider this a major win for Boston that they were yeah. able to actually get something of substance for Kike, considering how poorly Kike has played this year. He wasn't a fit, and, and now it's like Duran and different guys emerging. Story's going to come back soon. There's no room for him, and he's been a massive failure. He's, he's like, going back home. You know, he loves being a Dodger. He, they were, like, going nuts in the dugout when he came in and put his uniform on. So, yeah, it's like he was – he wasn't – like you said, he was – terrible in Boston. Like, let him go back to L.A. and hopefully he's decent for them again. And to get anything, like you said, that's a, that's a win. Because they probably, he probably yeah. couldn't even suit up anymore. I mean, now that they're like, Boston's legitimately close to the playoffs, he can't really play the guy. He was like a net negative. Like, he was hurting the team. Yeah. There's no room yeah, for him and on the Yeah, and to be roster. fair, though, to be fair, though, uh, I'm not blaming Kike for huh. The position he was put in this year, considering the fact that, you know, Heim Bloom decided, oh no, we already have a shortstop in Kike Hernandez. We're not gonna, we're not gonna <laughs> yeah. re-sign Rafael Devers. He's like older, so they put him. At, oh yeah, let's make him uh, like still 21 again. He can play shortstop 10 years ago. It was totally unfair. And the new environment and pressure in Boston. Yeah, that was just ridiculous by the GM. Not a shortstop. Right. But let's not forget, this is a guy who lit up the playoffs in 2021 you know uh, when when the uh when the red sox lost to houston that year in the alcs this was a team that absolutely or uh kike hernandez 
was he probably would have been the ALCS MVP if they had won the ALCS. So yeah, you know, I wouldn't say that TK. I'm not saying that TK was a waste of space in Boston. I'm not saying that at all. It's just mm-hmm. unfortunate with the position he was put in by Heim Bloom that, you know, it was basically a lose-lose situation for him this season by having him play shortstop. Yeah, and it was pretty cool that they were able to get him back to where he did play really well, so it's kind of a win for everyone. Yeah, they just missed – they kind of mistreated They mismanaged how to use him. So it's it's better for everyone back in LA. And plus we got two, and plus we got two minor we got two minor league uh, relievers for him. Yeah. And here I thought yeah. here I thought it would have been I thought it would have been like cash considerations or maybe a one for uh, like a one for one player swap. I was not expecting Boston would be getting two players in return for him. No. Yeah, it was a good job by by Boston. He started so, in uh, center field right away for um in LA. They plugged him right into the starting lineup. We'll see. I mean, uh, let, let, let's be let's be honest here. He is, you know, starting caliber. The problem is yeah. is that the pro the problem is is that he was playing shortstop. He uh, was he not was playing mis- the outfield at all this season. Yeah. He was mis mismanaged, wrong position. Yeah, he's back where he plays really well, and he's just he's had a lot of success in in LA. Like you said, he could have maybe been better in Boston if they put him in his natural position. But also, they have a log jam in the outfield. See, even if he was right. performing, he still wouldn't get playing time. So it's like, like you said, better to get anything for him. And they got two prospects. Yeah. That's a really good return. Right, and you know, stay. Staying with the Dodgers for a second here, mm-hmm. uh, they did also, like I like I mentioned earlier, they did uh, reacquire Joe Kelly, and they also acquired Lance Lynn as well from the Chicago White Sox in exchange for Nick Mastrini, Jordan Leisure, as well as veteran outfielder Trace Thompson. Now, this is kind of a head scratcher for me because, I mean, Lance Lynn has a six, uh, he's nearing a six and a half ERA as a starter this year. He's six mils a day. And 400 pounds. I mean, I understand, you know, I understand the return of Joe Kelly because Kelly can at least still be serviceable out of the bullpen. But, you know, Lynn obviously, I guess, is is starting – Starting depth because uh, LA is dealing with a few injuries to their uh, to their rotation, but they ended up giving up their ninth overall prospect as part of this deal in Nick Mastrini. Yeah, no. I mean, to, to to me, you know, honestly, Lance Lynn probably has has less value than Kike Hernandez. And that's Lance Lynn is like a walking <laughs> Lance Lynn is like a walking symbol of like who the White Sox have been. Like overpaid, out of shape, like lazy. <laughs> He's like the ultimate White Sox of basketball year. You know what I mean? The guy just like fell flat. 
off the face of the earth. He used to be like an all-star in Texas. So, yeah, I don't know how much Lance Lynn has in the tank. I'm surprised they got much for him. He's been getting just destroyed this year. There's, a, there's several games where he's given up like nine or ten runs. So, like, could you ever start that guy in the playoffs? I hell, sure as hell wouldn't. But who knows? Teams like the Dodgers sometimes, you know what I mean? Maybe he goes to L.A. and finally gets his act together. Who knows? I hope I hope he doesn't. <laughs> I'm not really a big fan. The guy seems like a like a lazy bum, but we'll see what he does. Yeah, and um, you know, not just not just uh, and also another thing too is uh, Joe Kelly just came off the injured list, so uh, he's fully healed from whatever whatever injury he's been dealing with uh, over in Chicago. And I mean. You know, like I said, it makes sense for Joe Kelly to return to L.A. because they do need help in the bullpen. I just I, – I do not get the whole Lance Lynn situation unless unless it's the case of – because I believe the Dodgers were also scouting Paxton too. I'm wondering if maybe it's because Boston's asking price for Paxton was too high. So they instead decided to just go with a budget type starter in Lance Lynn. Still though, giving giving up your number nine overall prospect, that's actually a that's a pretty steep price. Yeah, Lance give again for somebody Smash. like Lance Lynn. It's like a pinata. I don't know. We've seen it before though, some of these guys that have like fallen off once they go to a really big time. Sometimes they like catch fire again. I hate to say it, but you know, maybe he was just wasting away in Chicago. Who knows? I don't know. I, I don't mean, like maybe, Boston. but still, though, it's you know, maybe, maybe it's a case of the White Sox are just are just absolutely absolutely horrible overall. You know, maybe that's the maybe that's the, the reason, but still, you know, it, <laughs> I would th- I would I I wouldn't think that somebody with a six ERA would command that much of a return, unless the return is more for Joe Kelly, as opposed yeah. to as opposed to Lance Lynn. Yeah, Joe Kelly was an awesome, a, a crucial part of their bullpen for a couple of years. What a couple of rings, I think. And he was like a, a really popular Dodger, so maybe he was the bigger part of the deal. I don't know. They both maybe really, that's, yeah. might be that. Maybe that that's the only thing I can think of. And they 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 had some bullpen problems. They've lost a lot of pitching. I don't know. Uh, I, but, I don't think uh, teams are really. I mean, there's there's a couple teams I think that'll definitely knock off LA. This should be good. Yeah. All right, who do you, who do you think, Lou, uh, could potentially be one of the one of those teams that could knock that could knock off LA in the National League? You gotta give Atlanta, you know, credit for that because they're just too dominant. So yeah. the Braves number one. Yeah. Yeah, um, that was, yeah, I mean, the, um, also yeah. the D-backs. The D-backs are tough, too, so we got to keep an eye on that. Yeah. They're young, too. Honestly, yep. the, only, 
the only knock that the Braves have is here's the thing. The Braves are ranked in the top three in literally almost every single category in the league. The only category they're not ranked in the top three is runners in scoring position where they're ranked Uh, in like the bottom three. That's crazy. But then, yeah, hey, they don't have Freddie Freeman anymore. Wow, that's interesting. They're bottom? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, they're ranked like, I think it's like 26. I think they're ranked 26th overall. They're out of of how many teams? 30 teams? Great, great stat. I would have never. I would have never guessed that because they're so like just they're just consistently really really good most nights. And what what what's mind boggling too is the fact that okay you look at that you look at that uh, at that statistic and then you look at their runs scored they've scored five hundred and seventy five runs which is tied with the Dodgers, I believe, for the most – or no, not the most, the second most, because the most in the league belongs to the uh, the Texas Rangers at 606. But still, though, you know, for a team that scores that much and yet you're ranked 26th in runners in scoring position? Yeah. You know what I'm looking at? I'm looking at the uh, National League again, guys. I'm looking literally at the standings. I, I said a few teams. I, I think Atlanta might be the only one, unfortunately. I don't. I do not want any more uh, jewelry for the Dodgers, any more parades. But I mean, Brewers. No, sorry, they never. They never seem for real when it's October, until they show us otherwise. You know what yeah. I mean? They just don't have enough. They don't have good enough hitting. The Brewers, uh, the Cubs are uh, on the fringe. Oh, no, they're not. Cardinals are totally disasters this year. I'm just looking at each team. Uh, Marlins will probably get in. Phillies, Marlins, I don't think have the offense. Phillies don't have the pitching. I mean, neither one of those I don't think are as good as the Dodgers. I would take the Phillies over the Marlins. Yeah, so would I. But then, then, then look in the West. This, there's only a couple more teams to consider. Lou, you nailed it there. Diamondbacks are right there. But the other team, the only yeah. other teams in the National mention, besides obviously the Mets and Nationals, are stuck. Uh, you got the Giants. Padres are, have been a total fit. Yeah, Giants. Giants would be the only other playoffs here. Yeah, so, Padres I'm not sold on. I would think more the Giants than the Padres. Yeah, the Padres are just like too far gone. They're they're nine out, yeah. nine out, yeah. and they're done. They if the Padres make a push, they got as much talent as anyone. They got to start winning damn games. They haven't done anything since yeah, they won the World Series in '99. It wasn't sweet, but they got yeah. Yeah. Problem with the Padres, it, it, it sounds like the Padres may actually be sellers at the deadline. I've heard Blake Snell is out there on the market. Uh, there's there's a few names that could actually see the market uh, come uh, come the first. So I I, I, I see if I were. I, see, I don't know. They're in, like, smaller markets, so they're probably not buying. But it seems like the Diamondbacks, if they got a guy like Verlander or Scherzer, and then you have Zach Gallion, the other the other ace, and the Diamondbacks have a really fun, really good offense. They could make some serious noise. Like Lou said, I'd take them for real. But, yeah, I mean, right now, Atlanta, Atlanta and L.A. really above everyone. Yeah. I mean, but I think Atlanta's better than L.A. I do. I, they're just – they're loaded. They're the best in the league. I don't like LA. I mean, and Atlanta and at least, but still, I mean, Atlanta's so good, and all their players. I hate LA. 
<laughs> Which I think that kind of explains why LA is all of a sudden, you know, they're making the most moves so far out of out of any team in this playoff race so far. I mean, you look at who they've gotten, and plus they also made a trade with the Guardians to get Ahmed Rosario from the Guardians. Yeah. Yeah, they're loving In exchange, one for one. They did a one for one trade, Ahmed Rosario for Noah Syndergaard. <laughs> yeah. And I believe Syndergaard has actually been injured. So, you yeah, know, that kind of shot. explains why. That kind of explains why they why they were willing to move on from Syndergaard, but still. I remember you know, that. Wheeler, Har- Wheeler, Harvey, DeGrom, Syndergaard. The four aces, the young Mets, none of them are in New York. Most of them are injured. Harvey's out of baseball. Syndergaard's done pretty much. Crazy. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, so, like, yeah, Cinder, I mean, yeah, you're right. LA's kind of, like, nervously just adding as much talent as they can to, uh, to, to try to, like, beefing up to uh, take on the Braves because they know the Braves are coming for them. I mean, honestly, it's like, why don't you just give every single player in the league to the Dodgers? Because <laughs> yeah. they seemingly get Adam Silver. Yeah, you know, they're seemingly Adam. in on every single player. Yep. Just reroute everyone to LA. Like an open border to LA. Everyone just goes to LA. Why not? <laughs> I mean, my God. Rob uh, the Brewers, like, we talked about the Brewers. They, uh, the Brewers did also make a move. Uh, they ended up acquiring Carlos Santana from the Pirates in exchange for Johnny Severino earlier this week. Uh, I believe Santana, wasn't he? No, he wasn't designated for assignment. Uh, so basically, with Rowdy Telez being out with a broken finger, Santana basically provides for Owen Miller at first. If Santana's hitting like... 220. Uh, again, this is uh, Milwaukee. They are who they are. Santana's like a 220 batter. They just traded for him. He's hitting third. He hit third today, like in his first game. And he was like barely starting for the Pirates. <laughs> like the Brewers. Well, he was batting not... 230. He was batting 235, yeah. actually. So it's like, okay. He's, eh, and then like, right away, as a Brewer, they're like, okay, you're now our number three hitter. <laughs> like, what? So yeah, the Brewers just don't really have the offense, but. They don't have the money either. I don't know. Remember they sold Hater last year. So, yeah, Brewers are like they have some talent, but they're never really you never really can take them like seriously as a World Series threat. I don't think, unfortunately for their fans, because they have Burns and uh, Brandon Woodruff's coming back. They have two aces. They just don't have the bats. I don't know. Right. They're just kind of like eh. They'll be in the mix, but the, the, someone will someone will knock them out early. Yeah, and also, you know, here's another thing, too. The the Braves also made moves. Uh, one of them has actually already cost them a game in particular. Uh, Pierce Johnson from the Rockies in exchange for Victor Vodnik and Tanner Gordon. Uh, Johnson cost them a game against Boston uh, earlier this week. Wow. With uh, thanks to the hands of uh, Justin Turner, might I add. So. Oh, wow. Uh, I mean, he recorded a six ERA 
with the Rockies and a career-high 13 saves in relief this year. They also acquired Taylor Hearn from the Rangers in exchange for cash considerations, considering Hearn was designated for assignment last week. So to me, it, it, it seems like the Braves are doing more. I mean, let's be let's be honest. They already have their core all set and and ready to go. So it just see it seems to me like the Braves are doing more depth additions. If anything, like you want to talk about depth additions. They're they're essentially doing the bare minimum for this uh, you know for 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 this playoff push. Well, they're just so damn not to kiss any their ass anymore because <laughs> I'm not Brisbane, but they're just like so balanced. Right. It's, everyone needs like I guess bullpen help. Maybe they add there, but I mean, look at top to bottom pitching and especially their lineup. It's like. Their number seven or number eight hitters, like Arcia, who is an all-star shortstop. Ozuna hits sixth or seventh. He's going to hit 35 home runs. Uh, Michael Harris, center fielder, rookie of the year. He hits ninth. Okuna hits first. Yeah. Olsen, Riley, uh, all-star catcher, 30 home runs. Murphy, like, dude, there's no, like, their lineup is just loaded. Oh, yeah, they're just like, okay, we're ready. They don't need to add anyone. Yeah, bullpen help, but a six ERA though. That's oh, not yeah, they, really they, bullpen help. That's a pretty yeah. good high ERA, you know. I was saying if they were to add anything more, maybe after that, yeah. I mean, that would be the one weakness, I guess. Um, yeah, dude. I remember they won the World Series without Acuna, but it's like now they added an all-star catcher in Murphy and Acuna's back, so they're just a lot better than they even were when they won the ring. They really haven't lost anyone else. I don't know. True. Uh, and there yeah. is a rumor, too. There is a rumor, too, that they are looking at possibly reuniting with Adam Duvall. That's another team that's in on Duvall. Oh. That'd be that'd be pretty – that could be good for them. So – that's another that's another team to watch out for potentially when it comes when it comes to him. That's going to be very interesting uh, moving for moving forward because uh, I, I mean I'll I'll tell you right now I really think Boston what they need the most is pitching. They have the hitting they have the hitting no problem. What they need really is pitching. So. Although I wouldn't mind if they keep if they keep Duvall, you know, I just I don't want them giving up Duvall for basically scraps, essentially. No. And, and I know I arms mind, are much though. arms are easier to get injured, but like I, again, don't you want that guy on the bench? What if what if someone gets injured now in in a couple of weeks? I would I would want Duvall like as a pinch hitter. Or, I don't know. You you really want him to get right. moved, or are you just like indifferent? No, I don't. I'm not saying I want him to get moved. You know, I think if he does get moved, it's actually a good thing for uh, for coming for finding some playing time for Jaron Duran on a consistent basis. Yeah, because yeah, with yeah. the numbers that Duran has put up so far this this season, it frees up everyday playing time for him. 
So, you know, I'm not necessarily saying that I want them to trade Duvall, but, you know, if the opportunity comes and, say, Heim Bloom can get, like, I don't know, a starter in, yeah. retu- in return for him, I mean, it's, it's, something to, it's something to look at. Sure. It's amazing, man. We were all, we were all, us three at least, and a lot. I know a lot of people around baseball were saying, "Oh, no way, it could be bosses here," but they're right in the thick of things. Yeah, yeah. Going to be but, an interesting uh, run. Obviously, yeah. Obviously, though, with the first right around the corner, uh, we'll probably be talking more about uh, what potentially happens. Because from what it sounds like, it sounds like. Uh, some executives are expecting a flurry of movement to take place within the next coming days. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the Scherzer first of many may be potentially happening as early as tomorrow. Mm. Wow. But uh, we do move on from, from baseball and, we are going to go to the NBA for a second here as we had a disturbing uh, incident take place earlier this week with the son of LeBron James, Bronny James, suffering cardiac arrest during his USC workout. And in particular, there's not really any – uh, specifics that have been provided, you know, whether or not whether or not he has uh, some sort of medical condition, uh, more tests were need were needed on him. And LeBron did LeBron did break his silence and say that uh, he that he is officially safe and healthy. He did get discharged from the hospital uh, earlier this week. But and you know I I I I am uh, well actually first it says here that according to the medical group doctor from Cedars uh, Sinai, uh, it said he revealed that Bronny show, showed very encouraging signs of recovery the past few days, uh, saying that. Uh, his workup will be ongoing, but they're hopeful that uh, that he will have continued progress and are encouraged by his response, resilience, and as well as the support that he is uh, that he has received. And however, though he did say that despite Bronny's scary collapse, he did arrive at Cedars Sinai fully conscious, neurologically intact, and stable. Yeah. So good. I mean, it is possible this might be a one-time thing, and maybe it's not something like what happened with uh, Shaq's son, Sharif O'Neal, who ended up having to undergo some sort of a procedure in order to uh, fix an abnormality in his heart. Uh, It's not known if Bronny has to deal with the same thing here, but I got to rip on – I got to rip on TMZ for a minute, though, because how disgusting can you be to be offering six figures 
to mm-hmm. any reporter who had a fucking video of this kid suffering a cardiac arrest. Because that's what TMZ was offering. TMZ was offering whoever had video of the workout six figures for the video. And not just that, they also got the got the nine one one call that was made when Bronny James uh, suffered a cardiac arrest. I mean, seriously, how low will the tabloids go in order to get what they want? Yeah, I mean, they're always snakes. They always, they don't care about smearing anyone's reputation or anyone's well-being, really. They will do anything to uh, get clicks and ratings and get money and feed everyone to the story. They're like the National Enquirer on uh, on steroids, I guess. They're just like, yeah. And they're everywhere, too. So they basically just harass and terrorize celebrities. So it's not surprising the, the way they acted, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Lou, what are, Lou, what are your thoughts on this? That you know, a kid literally just suffered cardiac arrest, and yeah. you're wanting yeah. to try, you're wanting to, you're wanting to try and pay somebody to give you the exclusive, uh, the exclusive video. Just yeah, this was video. Why would anybody do that? I mean, come on. You went into a cardiac arrest. I mean, we. I thought we were going to have another DeMar Hamlin on our hands here. Luckily, it didn't have to be as, as serious as that. But that is just, that is so, that is so freaky. Oof. It's yeah. disgusting. It is. Yeah. That, it is. Yeah. I, I mean, there's... I guess apparently there's no such thing as pri- – I mean, it's one thing if a celebrity is out, you know, is out in the public. This was at a private workout specifically for the team. You know, th- this is something that, you know, shouldn't even be released to the public. And TMZ did try to get their hands on it. According yeah, there's to no one limit of the sources, yeah. according to one of the sources I mean, that I follow uh, on Twitter, who has been very accurate in the past with certain stories that have broken. Yeah, and we've seen it before. There's no limit. There's no low that they won't go to to uh, no. try to be the first people in, or whatever you call. It. I think it's all crazy now. With I don't know. I guess I'm a dinosaur. I was never really big time in anything, but you know what I mean? Like the sports now, it's like even look at like the Woj and uh, the Twitter stuff right now. You know, it's like people are trying to, in hyperspeed, trying to confirm things. I got it first. I broke the story. It's like, what is this? Uh, It's a different animal these days. You know what I mean? But yeah, TMZ is just Mm -hmm. like crazy. They'll print or report anything just just to get ratings. Like, they'll invade privacy. You know, it's like paparazzi Princess Diana in the tunnel and killing her. Princess Di. <laughs> it's like the media. And, 
we 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 work we're part of the media too at the end of the day and what we do it's like the media now with the money involved it's gotten out of control with trying to be you know like like there's there's just no limit it's totally just it's just disgraceful like lou said and like you said what what they did yeah it's just disgusting it's disgusting practice Mm -hmm. yeah you know, now it's like a, instead of like writing a nice article and uh, our dads are now amazingly us, our age, you know what I mean? It's like instead of reading it the next day with coffee, now it's like everyone, the second something happens, everyone has to be the first person four seconds later to have something on, on the internet about it. It's crazy. Media is mm-hmm. totally different. Yeah. It's, it's kind of. It's a better word. It <laughs> it's, complete, it's complete 180 now. And people like TMZ are the worst people about it. They're, they're, the, they're the really worst examples of how different it is now. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, hell, they were the first ones. They were the first ones to get. Uh, they were the first ones to get the uh, to get the photos of Kobe. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Vanessa was screaming about it. The, the, the widow and yeah, they have no uh, they, they have no filter. They'll do whatever it takes. The times have changed. Yeah, and they, they 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 keep going too. They're like the big bad machine. I mean, no one they, they never get fined or like shut down at all. They just basically do whatever they want. So stupid. It's yeah. it's just disgusting, honestly. I stopped um, by the way. I'm like scared to get Twitter. What I don't want that? I don't want like the pressure. That's the craziness of it. I'm already ADD. I don't even know if I could do Twitter. I'm too old school, I guess. Well. Well, you know, Twitter is no longer Twitter. They're calling it X Sorry. now. Elon Twitter. Twitter. Yeah. Mr. X. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're, call, they're, they're calling it. X. They decided to kill the bird, and instead they're now calling it X, which makes absolutely no fucking sense whatsoever, <laughs> but whatever, I suppose. Uh, of course not. Yeah. These times are crazy. You know. Times are crazy. I mean, honest, honest, honestly, the lo- the new logo looks like like if you were to bend the uh, if you were to bend the the inside of it a little bit, it would look like a swastika almost. But regardless, uh, we go from one bit of drama to another bit of drama. Titular oh. staying in the NBA, uh, according to Shems Sharania of the Athletic. The NBA has spoken with Damian Lillard and and his agent Aaron Goodwin about the former's stated desire to be traded to the Heat. And now, according to to Sharania, the NBA also sent a memo to all 30 teams informing Uh them of their recent conversations. And also, both were told that any future comments of the sort could result in discipline being handed down by the league. And in particular, uh, according <laughs> to what I read earlier today, that discipline would involve being fined $125,000 as well as a suspension. Which is like one rebound for Damian Lillard. <laughs> like I appreciate it. Too little, too late. Yeah. Anthony Davis did this when he for, well, almost forced his way with the Pelicans to L.A., the inmates are running the asylum. You guys know. I mean, we all love that. Yeah, I, I really, I love the NBA. You know that. But it's like, it's absolutely ridiculous. They're running the, they're running the show, the players. Like just everyone jumping around. Oh, over the summer. Oh, let's play in this city next year. And then, and then it happens. So like Silver's just, 
I don't know how you can really prevent it, though. And Lillard's kind of like one of the good guys. Never been in trouble. Never really yeah. spoke up. But now he, he's kind of the one getting hammered on it. And I know I'm kind of biased because I'm a random small market Lillard fan, but it's like that, uh-huh. that's not the guy I wanted it to happen to. Because <laughs> everyone else, LeBron's trying to recruit people flagrantly and like they're trying to have mutinies all over the world and then Lillard gets called out from little Portland. <laughs> it's a little bit ironic, but or well, critical. Yeah, I think it's yeah. I think it's the fact that this I think it's the fact that going this all here. got brought out into the public. Yeah, his agent is the key because his agent, you guys recall, I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but for anyone listening that doesn't know, I mean, the fact that Goodwin, whoever, I don't know him from a hole in the wall, but his agent's name, his last name's Goodwin, he literally was, apparently was calling teams saying, my client, my player, Damian Lillard, will not report, will not play for you if you trade for him. So he was like poisoning the well yeah. for any team that wanted Lillard. So I guess that's what makes it different. But wouldn't you guys, I mean, I would imagine that that's already been going on. Like when Harden yeah. or Durant, you don't, you don't think they would call like, I don't know, the Orlando Magic and say, oh, we heard you want Durant, we're not going to Orlando. I mean, these players like mm-hmm. deny teams all the time. We're not going to you. We're going to L.A. We're going to, you know, yeah, wherever. I, I think, I think, going on? Yeah. I think so the main problem is that this actually leaked out to the public. I think that's yeah, what the was, problem is. Yeah, the, the problem is, is that like, the NBA the you. NBA doesn't want this leaking out to the public. That's no. that, that, so now it's like they had to they had to respond publicly because it got public. So yeah, you're right. Now yeah. it makes sense. It was like an unwritten like a secret that everyone knew about. <laughs> the worst kept. Secret. I mean, hell, you know, James yeah. Harden. James Harden is is kind of doing the same thing with uh, <laughs> with the Clippers. Yeah, he, he only wants to play for the Clippers, but nobody's making a big deal out of it. And I think the reason why nobody's making a big deal out of it is because it hasn't been brought into the, you know, the spotlight. You know, Damian Lillard, you don't see James Harden's agent going around and saying that, oh, Harden, will, Harden won't, ret- won't report to camp if you trade for him. He'll only play for the Clippers. It's almost like those other guys have done it before, and they're like more, they're cockier and louder. And Lillard again, he's kind of not trying to like defend him just because I'm a Blazer fan, but he's almost like he's not used to acting like that. So maybe he had his agent do that for him. Kyrie and Harden will be like, "Fuck, f everyone, I'm going here." Lillard didn't really want to say it himself. You know what I mean? Like maybe he just true, but the agent doing that, the agent doing it makes it a lot worse, I guess, to Adam Silver in the NBA. Because you can't say it. Yeah, I think think, think the main thing is the fact that they also also asked – they went around and asked other teams that had supposedly been in contact with Portland, and those teams did confirm those reports. So – it's it's just it's the fact of of how of how Portland handled things and also how his agent handled things. That's what it's basically. That's what 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 the the whole problem is here. Now, from what it, it sounds like, it sounds like he has given the NBA assurances that he yeah. will report to whatever team 
acquires him, whether he stays with Portland, whether he gets traded to Miami, or if he gets tra- or if he gets traded to Boston, he has reportedly given the league assurances that he won't be a holdout for whatever team acquires him. But still, he shouldn't even be a holdout regardless. You know, I, I mean, mean be a man and report. Yeah. So we might uh, end up in Brooklyn. There's still quietly some rumors that he might go there. That'd be fun. Be able to watch him play on TV and stuff. But, yeah, who knows? Oh, that's weird. I haven't, I, I, haven't seen Bro- I haven't seen Brooklyn in the rumors. I, I was more like a, a, a month or two ago. There was, there, at least from uh-huh. Portland fans and like, on like Portland, I go on like message boards and stuff, like a Portland site, and they're right. like, talking to me. Maybe like Claxton and something else, uh, Ben Simmons maybe, and like a couple draft picks, something else. It's a long shot, but um, it's probably going to be Miami. But like we've been saying a couple of weeks now, a lot of people online too that Miami might not have the offer that Portland wants. So it's just a messy situation. But yeah, it's, it's just bad, a bad look. You can't go out and you can't go out and say it. But again, just because Harden and Durant and all these guys have done it doesn't make it right. But but yeah, it's like <laughs> the guy who used to be. I thought he was a really nice guy. He's the one getting nailed now. Like Lillard's the victim or the the bad guy. It's not really the bad. Yeah. Guy. Oh, it'll take it'll take more. It, it'll take more. It'll take more than that. By the way, Ben Simmons has literally no trade value whatsoever. Like oh, no. when I it say was, no, it's gonna be when. I, it was going to be Claxton and a couple of ones, and um, maybe not Cam Johnson. But... Simmons, Simmons, Simmons thrown in because of the contract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like Claxton would be perfect. Yeah, Portland's got a couple of really good young guards, and they need to... Claxton's a really good young big man. He's got some value. But yeah, I don't think that'll happen. But I was thinking that'd be fun, that or Boston. But we'll see. Probably going to end up in Miami. You know. These guys get to go where they want Probably. to go eventually. Or, or it could be it could be that they play hardball with him ultimately, and and maybe they just yeah. refuse to trade him. Period. Because yeah, it's clear I mean, that they aren't gonna bad, they aren't gonna trade him unless they get what they want. Yeah, they literally not to keep boring everyone. Portland, Portland, Portland talk, but just to close. I mean. It's just uh, they, he's the best player in franchise history with a small market team in the way out in the Pacific that no one watches. They just drafted his replacement. <laughs> they play the same exact position. They're both like six feet tall. So it's like if he comes back, then it's like they're just like not even going forward anymore. I, I don't yeah. know. Right. Yeah, so really the one. We have if it's hockey or if it's uh, hockey or football, be like you know, be like drafting you know Mahomes wants out of Cleveland or Mahomes. Demanded from KC, and they just drafted an incredible quarterback, and then he comes back. You know, it's like it's almost too late for him to stay in Portland now. Yeah, and you, you know, I think another up. thing also, I think another thing that also has to be mentioned too, is the fact that you take a look at Lillard's uh, remaining deal. He's he still has four years remaining. Yeah, he does. Yeah. and I didn't, I didn't mean to yeah, say he's still, people about, but he's a damn good player. Yeah, four years. He has the biggest, yeah. one of the biggest deals in the, in the NBA. That's what makes it weird because he, he just signed that deal last year, and now he wants right. out. It's like, dude, yeah, dude, he still has the first place. 
thing is, he still he still has four years remaining, and yeah. not to mention a no trade clause. So you gotta you gotta keep in mind that um, chances are he's probably going to obviously you know it's it's one thing if he was a rental, it's one thing if he was like a one year contract, but. This is a guy who has multiple years worth of term. That means that he's worth a hell of a lot more compared to if he only had a one year, uh, if he had one year remaining like Chris Epps Porzingis did. Yeah, that's an interesting point. That's true. You know, you I mean, and I mean, Boston, you know, they gave up Marcus Smart as part of that deal of a three-team deal, but it's going to take a hell of a lot more in order to get Lillard than what Miami is currently offering, you know, with Tyler Harrow, Duncan Roberts, Duncan Robinson, uh, who, who knows how many first-round picks. And those picks, man, you know how it works, guys. Like, those picks, they sound awesome, but if Miami's, like, in the final four, uh, late a uh, 27th or 28th pick in the first round is almost like a second round. It's not, it's not like, a huge, incredible lottery pick. But it's kind of like an no. empty, uh, an empty uh, you know, result. It's like, oh, you get a first rounder. Yeah, you're picking after, like, 26 other teams, 28 other teams. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you're not going to get the next, you know, Giannis is one of those picks. You're gonna get like a you're gonna get like a Duncan Robinson, so it's like not you're not really blunt, knocking off their socks with that offer. Exactly, which makes me think that I would find it very hard to believe that he's going to Miami because if he goes to Miami, yeah, okay, you got a big three of Bam Adebayo, uh, Jimmy Butler, and yeah. Damian Lillard, but what do you have after that? Yeah. And last I checked, James you know, not six foot nine or seven feet tall. Oh, they, needed, they got they got dominated down low by Jokic and Gordon. So I don't even know if that big three beats Denver. I mean, it's a good two K team, but it's like you need you need some more size. It's just exactly. Lillard saying I want to go to Miami. Lillard, oh, interesting. I don't know if I've mentioned this. I know I've talked way too much about Lillard. So someone can shoot me whenever they want, but I'm obsessed with Portland for some strange reason. But no, there's a side tidbit. Portland, uh, Lillard. Like some some random night at like two AM, I was reading about Lillard's life for some weird reason. Lillard just got uh, there's on a message board in Portland. Lillard uh, Lillard just got divorced, and he's been married to like his high school sweetheart, and they built like the biggest mansion in all of Portland. He literally just got divorced like two months ago. Interesting. Maybe he uh-huh. met someone in Miami. Maybe he met someone in Miami. Hmm. You know, like high like he's been married since since he was 18 years old. And then he just got divorced. No, I'm going to Miami. Okay, club, clubs, beaches. Maybe he met like some. I don't know. I'm not going to keep going on. You know what I'm saying? Maybe he met someone there. Yeah. Maybe, why Miami? Why maybe. Miami? Is he in love with Jimmy Butler? No, I think he's probably maybe facing something else out there too. No, he's in love who with knows? Bam Adebayo. That's who he's in love with. Love <laughs> the Boom Boom Club. Bam Bam and Boom Boom. Yeah, he said in particular. He said he said yeah. in particular he wants to play with Bam Adebayo. So. <laughs> I know. It just, it's just, yeah, it doesn't hurt that it's on the beaches of Miami either. Maybe he's, maybe no, he's uh, attracting several things out there. 
But still, why though, just Miami, though? Yeah, exactly. I mean, why just Miami? I mean, you want to go. He, you want to go at, at your age. You want to go to a team that has hell Lakers a good chance of winning. That has a good chance of winning an NBA title. I mean, I'm not California. necessarily saying Boston. I'm not necessarily saying Boston, but I mean, yeah, hey. you could go to Miami, you could go to Philly, you could go. I mean, hell, Denver wouldn't really have a place for you because they already have Murray. Uh, you yeah, could go to LA. Like, there's some good cores out there. <laughs> don't have. I don't know if they have enough to get back, but LeBron's been recruiting him. He's from Cali, he's from Oakland, so I mean, that would. I don't know. I'm just surprised it's like just Miami or Boston. It's weird. And he, they they messed up by publicly proclaiming that. That's why they're getting nailed now. Yeah. It's just a total cluster, you know what? <laughs> so, oh yeah, big time. At least he he showed because that he showed some some class and some um, remorse. At least he saved some face by saying, you know what, I will report to whoever trades for me. That's pretty cool. I've never heard James Harden say something like that. So he showed some pretty good class. Well, yeah, I think I think he only said that because he was facing pressure from the league. Yeah, it's just he's never been like the whatever bad apple. So it's just surprise. It's just it's a crummy situation all around. There's a yeah, lot. You know, I think there's, I think there's a lot of stuff going on that we don't did. know about. I think. I think what the league probably did is they probably threatened him with something even further, saying that yeah, maybe you know him. if you, you know, we could we could we could put you on the shelf. We could put you on the. Uh, I, I don't know if they have an exempt list like the NFL does, but. We could put you on the uh, commissioner's exempt list and yeah. basically freeze you. So you wouldn't be getting paid. You wouldn't be playing. You wow. You would basically, we would be holding you hostage. Yeah. It's just a, a messy scenario overall. They got to get Speaking of getting. I'm sorry it happened to him, but it had, they had to send a message about it to someone. He's the fall guy. But it's it's been going right. on for years. They got to stop letting the players. Yeah, obviously, it's ridiculous. But speak. Like, oh, it's speaking like, of it's three a.m. in the club. Oh yeah, let's Paul George and Kyrie. Let's go to L.A. Or let's go to. It's like, geez, they just like put right. a different team every every off season, and then three guys show up at that city. It's like what the hell? Speaking of uh, speaking of getting paid though, Jalen Brown, the yeah. richest wow. deal yeah. in NBA history. Fully guaranteed with no player option. That's a win for Boston, might I add. Uh, That's five true. years, three hundred and four million dollars. And this is me being a Boston fan. I don't see where he's worth the richest deal in NBA history. No, he's not. I mean, yeah, he finished with career best marks in. Points per game, rebounds per game, assists per game, and field goal percentage this year, along with 1.1 steals per game and two and 2.4 threes per game. But still, I I don't see where like this is the this is the money that you would give somebody like Jason Tatum, who by the way will break this record next year. Yeah, uh, had an next offseason caller. Yeah, Lou had an interesting caller on his show this afternoon who had a good point about um, it's like they're it's a little bit too much to be honest. And I would take Brown for Lord, my favorite player ever. I'd take Jalen right now. Trust me, I really like Brown, 
But, um, dude, come on, biggest contract ever. It's a little bit absurd. They're, it was almost like they were scared to lose him, so they just gave everything he asked for. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's kind of like it's like they didn't definitely didn't want to lose him, but they overpaid. So it's a case, I mean, it's like, damn if you do, damn if you don't. If they, if they let him walk, they would have gotten killed by the media and by the fans. But, like, they definitely overpaid. Right. Really right. good player. I mean, this is – this is the money that you would give somebody like Kobe, for example. Yeah, it's absurd. It's absurd. Awesome player. I mean, I, what what are your thoughts? Like, what, what? Let's start with you, Lou. What are your thoughts on this with Jalen Brown? Five years, three hundred and four million. They said that his his cap hit could reach as high as seventy million per season. Wow. But I don't think he's worth that kind of money. You know, I mean, I mean, he's a good player. I mean, you know, Celtics, but still, you know, he's not, he is not worth that kind of money. And, you know, no, well, if he doesn't, it was going to razz on him and it's like, oh, why did he sell? How did he get time for this much money? You know, this could be another, could be another bust. I wouldn't say he's a bust. But I don't. I wouldn't say he's yeah, going to be a bust. Could, but you know, it could be. Yeah, he could be. But at the same time, though, I'm. I, you know, I'm looking at this supermax. I mean, obviously, yeah, it was, it was needed in order to keep him on the roster. And by the way, with this deal, he cannot be traded for a full year. So that means yeah, next a year, next July twenty, next July twenty fifth. Will be that will be uh, the mark that uh, Boston will be looking at if they want to trade him. They have to wait until next year's July twenty fifth. Wow. Yeah, we only spoke during the week about it, Steve. It's just I, I, we didn't talk about it during the week. Uh, I didn't even know what to say. I was like, dude, I know he's a really good player, and I didn't want to ruffle any feathers. But it's like I'm glad you agree. I mean, it's too much, but again. It's just such a weird situation because if he walks, you don't want to see him go. But it's like, damn, we just spent too much money. Yeah. <laughs> they wanted what they wanted, so yeah, he like held them for it ransom. Up. I mean, it's it's a weird. It's but like, isn't Tatum going to want a raise then, or is it going to rock the boat? Oh, Tatum's going to get more. Tatum's going to get like, more. Geez. Yeah, I'll tell you right now. Uh, with the supermax, he's looking at. He's looking at around, I think it's $336 million that he's looking at. Wow. I believe that's how high that he can – well, wait a minute. Let me see. What did I say about the players running the NBA? <laughs> running things? Well, let me be fair. Let me be fair, though. I'm not trying to sound like get off my lawn, you know, Clint Eastwood, but, like, this is the sport. Get off my lawn. In the world. I love the NBA as much as any sport, but, like, the play, I mean, the contract and then the load management, this is another thing that I just don't like about it. I mean, that's an insane contract. He's not a top That's money, though, that I would be more willing to give Tatum than Brown. Exactly. Exactly. I'm glad, you know, it's good for him to get it, but it's just like it sets a precedent. Like these guys, and then, you know, Harden gets like $80 million a year and doesn't play defense. It's like, come on, guys. The NFL, MLB, NHL, definitely, like they, the other leagues don't do that. They don't put up with that. No. 
It's like monopoly money. Like and it'll money. be they will be they both of their contracts in twenty. Let me just give you a a, a reference here. In twenty twenty five, twenty twenty six, in that season, they will account for roughly seventy percent of their cap space. <laughs> if both are still on the team with supermax deals. I don't know. Seventy percent. Man, I don't want to take any shots at them, but because they're a great franchise, but they better hope. I guess how are they going to manage that? Draft someone who blows up, or hope Cornette or uh, Porzingis is all world again, or like I, that's going to make it really tough for them to to construct a good enough. You know, they've fallen a little bit short the last couple of years, so they better hope like they hit on the draft. This guy Walsh better be the real deal, the rookie. You know what I mean? Because they have to fill up a roster. It takes a lot yeah. more than two guys. Well, I'll tell you right now, uh, Jordan Walsh is looking like a legitimate. He could be. Yeah. He could be seeing legitimate playing time this year. The way I mean, he they got in the summer league. Yeah, definitely. But I mean, seventy percent. That's like scary to think. I mean, that's that's most of their cap on two guys. But I mean, that's the way yeah. the league is going. Look at look at um, that's what the Clippers have been with uh, Leonard and George, and this is what a lot of the teams are doing now. LeBron and AD. I think the, I think the thing that they're banking on though is that maybe the maybe the cap is going to rise every single year, that yeah. it'll be enough to where they would still be able to field a competitive team around around those two, if it rises enough. I didn't think about compared that. compared yeah. to where it is now. It keeps it keeps randomly rising here and there, so it's like it looks like it's going to keep just rising. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. And, and but the, again, they're they're a really good franchise. They're not they don't just like blow through money like I don't, the Padres. I don't even know if I can blame them because everyone's underperformed. But like they're they're good judges of character, and they, Boston usually makes the right moves. So I'm sure like they know. And by the way, they're, they, they they know it'll they know it'll probably work out. Brad Stevens and those guys aren't fools. Yeah. And by, by the way, there is a trade kicker in this deal, so uh, it isn't fifteen percent. Uh, the max that they can do for a trade kicker is fifteen percent extra. However, it's like it is not fifteen percent; it is less than that. So I don't know the exact number, but uh, it does involve a trade kicker if he does happen to get traded at all during the contract. So. Uh, that's something to also weigh down potentially when it comes to whether or not they ever choose to deal Brown during this uh, during this whole entire thing. Interesting. It's amazing. It's tough for me, at least for me, it's tough to follow how it works, the finances with the salary cap. Because every year some of these smart GMs, like they always have a way to make this, these things work. So and and the cap changes a lot. So there's a lot more than I guess we know what's about to happen with the cap. Capology, yeah. as, you, as you will, as you will. Like the teams that are like, oh, so it oh, does make God, you wonder. Some of these teams, oh, they're going to get murdered by the cap. How could they sign that guy? And then two years later, they win a ring. It's like everything works out. Yeah, I don't know. It but does make some you, teams it does decide. make you some wonder teams. how much how much is the cap going to raise. Yeah, it might raise a lot, might raise a lot, but I mean that's 
That's amazing. But, you know, they're glad to have him. You're glad to have him in Boston still. Oh, obviously. I mean, yeah, a lot of I, – I can tell you right now, uh, there's no fa- – I, 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 I struggle to find fans that do not want Jalen Brown on this team. I'm excited so, to see KP, too. I know he's been injured a lot, but KP, we'll see what he can do. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, you know, hopefully Luke. Porzingis can, uh, hopefully Porzingis it's can continue to, uh, can continue to you build on that uh, career high season that he had last year. Lou, do you think KP will be really good in Boston or maybe a little bit like, you think he'll fizzle out? You think he'll be a really good addition? What do you think about KP in Boston? Oh, I hope not. I mean, he didn't. He couldn't do anything for New York, so you know, then yeah. all of a sudden become a star in Boston. It makes me sick just thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean sure. to, I didn't sure. to poke sure. your button there. New York, but do well in Boston. Oh, sure. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to poke the bear there. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know you're a Knicks but fan. But yeah, I'll, you I'll, can... just put, I'll just I'll just put it to you this way, Alex. It's like you know, <laughs> when he played for New York and always got injured. I don't think he gave the cat pass. Yeah, and that remember KP, that was with Mello, and Mello, like, didn't want anyone else to be good, pretty much, or get any, uh, like, positive, yeah. like, publicity. Remember, Mello, Mello hated Jeremy Lin. He didn't pass to KP. So, Mello was also a reason why he didn't do well. I think Jeremy Lin. But, yeah, I mean, but, but KP, KP, you're right, though, Lou. I mean, KP, also, he just couldn't stay healthy in New York. And then his brothers yeah. demanded a trade, and they were like, okay, you're gone. It, like, happened overnight. Speaking of huge huge contracts, we go from Jalen Brown in the NBA to the NFL. And in particular, in particular, we do have a huge contract that was signed. Justin Ooh. Herbert staying with the Chargers five years, yeah. 262 and a half mil through the 2029 season. Mm. And this, this is a guy who, who led the Chargers for the first time in his, uh, for the first time in his career to the playoffs last year. Yeah. And if this is the deal he signed, what the hell is Joe Burrow gonna get, dude? I'm telling you, these guys are like think about where the well, the Chargers have been pretty good, but never like absolutely elite the last decade or whatever. Like the Bengals, they've been terrible. For the Bengals are finally like really damn good now, all thanks to Burrow. So imagine that. I mean, Burrow can just name whatever he wants, and they'll be scared shitless to see him go. They're just gonna back up. They're gonna give him the keys to the whatever money they, the bank vault. They're gonna be like, Joe, take whatever you want from us. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, we, <laughs> we give up, Joe. Whatever you want, just here. We're gonna bend over now. But yeah, they're, they're basically carte blanche. Whatever money they want, he's gonna get. Yeah, in Herbert, it's, it's like it's, it's, it's like Jalen Brown. No, they're like they're afraid to lose the superstar, so they just like the player wants this, and they just give him it. It's getting a little bit crazy. It's been getting that way for several years. I mean, years my for God, kid. though. Yeah, it's like I mean, 50, my million, God, 60 million a year. 
five years, and then, 26 or 262 and a half mil, 50 over 50 million a year, dude. And then what's Mahomes going to say? Or, you know, there's plenty of other quarterbacks. Or there's a handful of other quarterbacks that could be better. So it's like the market, these guys just – Jalen Brown, it's the same topic, really. I mean, these players are just like – they're just demanding money and they're getting it. These teams just, I mean, I imagine understand – Imagine if the Chargers let Herbert I understand locking up your franchise. I understand locking <laughs> up your franchise quarterback, but this is – this is a deal that's even bigger than what Lamar Jackson got recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, neither, and last I checked, they, neither one sniffed the Super Bowl. But yeah, they're just like, okay, I want five hundred million a year. Here you go, or you know, fifty million a year. It's it's ludicrous. It's ludicrous. So once again, that begs that begs the question: What the fuck is Joe Burrow gonna get? I guess Nothing. eighty million, and then they can have uh, they can have fourteen year olds like playing offensive line to fill out, like, high schooler kids. Like, how are they going to afford the rest of the team? It just blows up their salary. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> they can have, like, uh, just volunteers. So, like, I can go – we can go – us three can go out there and play wide receiver for them. We'll pick a Sunday and get, like, a couple hundred bucks each. It's unfair to the rest of the team, too. But, I mean, these guys can just name whatever money they want and they get it because these teams are scared shitless to lose those guys. Imagine if Burrow I mean, left Cincinnati fans would would blow up the stadium if Burrow left. I mean, you know, figure figure speech, but they would oh, like yeah. riot. They would revolt. Imagine if Herbert they left would, the yeah. Chargers. The Chargers can't even sell out that little stadium. If Herbert left, they're back. They're already like in the toughest division. But I mean, it's just bananas the money that they're getting now. Fifty something million a year. It's. I mean, granted, though he did he. He did throw for more passing yards than any player in his first three seasons in NFL history. Uh, throwing, I think it was yeah. like fourteen, like over fourteen thousand passing yards in his first three yeah. seasons. So, I mean, I understand needing to lock up your franchise player, but yes, come on, you know this is this kid literally just led you to your first. Uh, to your first playoff appearance in God knows how many years, since the Philip Rivers years. And now you're bringing in a new offensive, you're bringing in a new offensive coordinator. Your, you know, your star running back wants to be traded in Austin Eckler. I mean, it, it just seems like this is a lot of money to, I, I mean, gra- granted, you know, he does have the stats to uh, to justify it, but this is a lot of money you're guaranteeing to somebody who hasn't even taken you to the championship yet, to, to uh, uh, you know, the, uh, the conference finals yet. Yeah, it makes you wonder. Maybe, maybe it leaked, or maybe an agent, or maybe Herbert, or maybe his girlfriend, maybe someone he's with. Uh, you know what? We might, we might be going to. Um, I don't know where he's from. I know he played college in Oregon. You know what I mean? Maybe there's maybe he quietly said, "Oh, maybe I'm not meant for LA. Maybe I might go play elsewhere." You know, it's like it begs the question: like, how does this guy get that kind of contract? Because then it's just it's just I, I'm not a huge numbers guy. If I would if I was, I'd be rich. I don't know like the in, the ins and outs of it, but like 
these guys now are just they're just asking for whatever they want and they're getting it. So how are they? Yeah. How are they going to feel the rest of the team? I, I don't know. And then what? Then tomorrow, what's going to stop Mahomes from saying, you know what, Andy Reid, I'm going to sit out because I'm better than Herbert. So now I want a new contract. I mean, that could happen. And not to mention, like, it's it's a dangerous precedent. It's out of control. Yeah. And and not to you know not to mention you also have Austin Eckler who wants to trade. Yeah. So be, oh, I want that money. Yeah, it's just nasty. It's 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 messing up pro sports, but it's it's been doing that unfortunately for several years. NHL seems like it's kind of the cleanest up. as far as people not yeah. sitting out and 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 every other month. Oh, you know what? I want to play on this game. I'm sitting out or I'm injured when they're not. Like NHL is like kind of the most blue collar. Too many guys. Yes. Like, like forty million isn't enough. No, I want fifty million. Okay. Now you can. Now you can. Now you can have, live where you want to. The extra ten million makes you a little bit more comfortable. Like, give me a break. <laughs> well, let's be honest though. It's kind of why, uh, why, why stop the whole the, the whole thing. Yeah, I want a hundred million. The whole yeah, the whole great. thing about the the whole thing about running backs being paid, and this is this is why we'll see Josh Jacobs have quite a. Uh, have quite a huge uh, a huge lockout uh, with the uh, with the Vegas Raiders is you know I was talking with my cousin about this earlier today. This isn't yeah. the era of you know this isn't the era of like Emmett Smith anymore, where running backs uh, are you know the premier the premier football player in the league. You know, yeah. th- there's a reason why uh, players like Saquon Barkley, Tony Pollard, and uh, Josh Cook. Jacobs weren't given, and Dalvin Cook, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, yeah. you know, why players oh, yeah. like these were not given uh, long-term deals. Because yeah, a reflection of the fact that it's a passing league, it's a quarterback league. Totally yeah, now. and the feel the feeling the feeling is now is that running backs can can be replaced at any time, which I always used to think was crazy. But then I started looking at the numbers; it's kind of true. I guess like '60s, '70s, '80s. I don't know. Maybe I'm off a little bit, but you get my gist. Like it, they used to be a lot more prioritized, a lot more important, and a lot more um, draft capital, a lot more money invested. Yeah, now it's like. The gunslingers, Burrow, Herbert, Mahomes, it's just much more a pass-heavy pass league. And if you have a really yeah. good line, mm-hmm. I mean, even from Emmett Smith, people sometimes say, oh, if Emmett Smith played anywhere else, Dallas had an incredible line. He's still a great player, but he would, wouldn't have been as good. Or if you plug in an average running back, he can get 1,000 yards with an awesome line, which is true. I mean, look at some of these lines now. It's, the, the line is, like, the most important because it helps the running backs and the quarterback. So it's like the, yeah. the running backs, they seem like they're almost replaceable now. You're right. Like a lot of these really talented guys, are, they're not getting the money. Not even close. There's no, there's no deal for a running back close to these quarterback deals. It's, it's crazy. Right. Yeah. And by the way, another – I'd love to start uh, running back, but I don't run a team. I would love to start running back, but, you know, I don't run a team. But, I mean, it's just a different era, I guess, in football. Yeah. And another quarterback who got their deal officially signed uh, this week, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, his new contract became official 
two years, $75 million, which means he's taking a discount. Uh, can you say trying to lure uh, Devontae Adams? <laughs> Packer receiver that, that, he's, that he's requested? <laughs> Randall Cobb, Lazard. I mean, geez, does, he, does he need the trainer, the kicker from the, the Packers too? Yeah, keep well, let's not forget, Devontae Adams never wanted to leave Aaron Rodgers. That's true. They are kind of, like, attached to the hip. I mean, yeah, he's awesome. So, they got a lot of weapons already. Yeah. yeah, you can't turn up. You can't turn down Devontae, but it's like, they're pretty set. But we'll see. I mean, this, I, I new, contract, this new contract frees up $35 million in space for the Jets. So wait a second. Devontae's still under contract with what with with the Raiders though, right? Or is he? Yeah, yeah, but that doesn't mean he can't be traded. That he can just say, "Oh, I'm now. I want to go to New York." <laughs> they got a pack yeah. bag for him. <laughs> All right, Devontae, we'll yeah, get you there. A, <laughs> yeah, you know that doesn't mean he can't be traded. So this show, another guy not honoring his contract, such as the theme. Yeah, I mean, that would be pretty awesome if they got him, but I don't know. It's crazy. Then in two months, uh, if, he doesn't like the, uh, his, if he doesn't like his apartment in New York in two months or if he breaks up with his girlfriend, then he can say, oh, now I want to go to uh, the Patriots, and then they'll have to trade him to the Patriots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, uh, elsewhere around the league, uh, we were talking about running backs earlier. Uh, there is one running back who will not see the field this season after a very freak injury taking place uh, while jet skiing. Uh, Bill's running back, Naheem Hines, suffered a significant knee injury and is expected Mm. to miss the entire season after he was sitting stationary on a jet ski when another rider struck him. So now, he will... What was that? What the hell was he doing riding a jet ski? He was sitting stationary on a jet ski. So it's it's not like he was even moving. Another another rider, I guess, lost control of their of their own of their own jet ski, and There's ended up colliding with him. Sometimes these guys get prohibited from like you know obviously like skydiving or some of the dangerous stuff, dirt bike riding. You've seen guys get injured ATV accidents. Sometimes the insurance won't cover it. Some of these teams don't allow right. players to do that. No, but I was but, saying, uh, how I don't people, know. you know, sometimes the athletes, you know, during their off season, they come up with uh, stupid ideas. And I wound up getting uh, injured, so uh, I just thought they would try to pull him right. stuck. Yeah, and I know if, if drinking's involved, he won't get a dollar for missing the season. But I mean, we'll see. You know, the litigation oh, lawyers are looking at everything. Yeah. No, I didn't say any, I didn't though. say anything about drinking. So it's that's unknown that's currently if alcohol was involved, but because you know that the team would go after that if, if that were the case, they wouldn't pay him a dime. Well, but, yeah, it sucks either way. Yeah, uh, let's see. Another – oh, wait a minute. We do have a report from John Morosi 
Jordan Montgomery trade talks are gaining momentum and a deal is becoming increasingly likely. Uh, In particular, it says here that the Orioles and the Diamondbacks have been among the clubs that have engaged with the Cardinals in recent days. Hmm. Diamondbacks. That that is according to John Morosi. So that is something to keep an eye on here moving forward with the deadline uh, coming up. Both both dangerous teams, man. Both young too. He's a good. He could be a good player. He's not an ace, obviously, but he's a good arm. Right. Well, yeah, he could definitely be very serviceable for for a team that's looking for. Uh, that's looking for an upgrade in the rotation, perhaps. Yeah, definitely. But, yeah, I did uh, – that literally just uh, – I had just gotten that from uh, one of the other mods that's in, uh, that's in Whispers. So, um, luckily, thank God he, said, he sent me that. Uh, going back to uh, the NFL, though, uh, sticking with knee injuries – Looks like uh, Andy Reid has said that Kadarius Toney uh, has underwent knee surgery, which was meant to clean up cartilage uh, after he ended up tweaking his knee in training camp this week. Uh, It says here that his week one status is likely in question, but, you know... Considering his questionable injury history, uh, it leaves it leaves people to wonder whether or not he'll even be able to play a full NFL season this year. Probably not. And also, wow. it was mentioned that he would be sidelined for weeks, not days. So he could end up missing potentially all of the preseason. I would, if yeah. not maybe a, if not maybe a couple of uh, maybe a couple of weeks of the regular season as well. And keep in mind, this is a team that did not add whatsoever when it came to uh, when you know when it came to the uh, wide receiver position. Huh. Interesting. If anything, this is a team that actually subtracted from the wide receiver spot. They lost uh, they yeah. lost Nicole Hardman, they lost Juju Smith Schuster. You know, there's there's a lot of uh we we could potentially uh with the Kansas City Chiefs, we could be seeing a potential depth problem for them. Well, no, they apparently they have spot uh, this year. I was, I was reading something on them. Um, they they're like in love with their second round pick. I forget his name. Shea something. He's from SMU, a really fast receiver. And then they have remember the the late addition from Kadarius Tony. I do. I Andy Reid. They I mean they always have weapons. But yeah, I mean they always have a spoil of weapons. But yeah, they're definitely they they've suffered some losses. I don't know. They're just always so dangerous. Also, good news for uh, Tyreek Hill and the Miami Dolphins. Uh, he has 
resolved his dispute with what happened at the marina uh, down there in Miami as he was reportedly involved in a physical altercation in late June at the marina, which involved uh, the marina employee pressing charges against him. Uh, However, it sounds like he has dodged any further legal action potentially coming against him. So uh, sounds like that topic has officially been closed when it comes to – when it comes to his legal troubles. Yeah. Also, we have an injury alert. Uh, In particular, Uh Joe Burrow, uh, he suffered a calf strain. And according to uh, head coach Zach Taylor, he is expected to miss weeks, which, once again, he could be another player that could end up missing the entire preseason, potentially. Um, And however, though, it does say that he shouldn't miss uh, the start of the regular season, but probably, if anything, just preseason. Got some serious injuries already. Early in his career, he's got ACL. He was injured in college. Hopefully it doesn't keep happening to him. Another big injury. Yeah, I mean, that's a, yeah, that, that's actually... Yeah, they this time of year. Yeah. Right. Third major... Third big injury. He's like 23 years old. 24 years old. Also, knee injury... You know, knee injuries must be very... Uh, must be very popular this time of the year because Jalen Ramsey... Uh, Jalen Ramsey of the Miami Dolphins was carted off of the field with an apparent knee injury uh, from what was, uh, what was reported by NFL Network's Cameron Wolf. Uh, he suffered the injury while attempting to cover Tyreek Hill during practice. And... In particular, let me see if there's an update at all from... Tyreek Hill injured another person. They did sign Eli Apple to fill in for Jalen <laughs> Ramsey. Yes. That's good for a player there. Uh, oh, yeah. He is he is expected to undergo surgery on his left knee, and he will miss the start of the regular season. But it doesn't say exactly how long he will be out for, just that he'll miss the start of the regular season. Huh. So, man, I'm, yeah, t- I'm telling you, sports, injuries. Injuries. Sports, I mean, man. my injuries. God. Yeah. And another one, too. Every day. Uh, we, go from, we go from team to team. The mm-hmm. Lions, they lost former Eagle C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. Those are two guys back with a non-contact knee injury. Those guys just got new contracts and new teams. They haven't played one regular season game yet, and they're both injured. Ramsey and Gardner Johnson. Yeah, injuries are out of yeah. control. With a non a non-contact That's, knee injury. It's almost like so, season resting players. It's almost like you don't even want the guys to really practice all that much. <laughs> I mean, I'm not even trying to laugh, but like it's just. Like Joe Burrow in the middle of summer, 
you already know the guy's ready for the season. Like, wrap him up and, you know, protect him with bodyguards. Don't don't even let him get close to being injured. Like, protect him. You know, in the middle of the summer, right. these guys getting injured. It's like, holy shit, like, just such bad luck. You just want them to be healthy and get into the season. But the good news, the good news for CJ Gardner Johnson though is the MRI did show no structural damage to his knee. So uh, technically, he's con- technically he's considered day to day officially, which is odd considering you know if you get cart if you get carted off of a uh, if you get carted off of the field. You know, that's not normally considered something that would be day-to-day. That's normally a more serious type of injury. Yeah. That's true. Seems like it was going to be good news for him. Yeah. I mean, it's... it, it, it It is weird when it comes to the amount of injuries that we've seen that we've seen uh to start yeah. off this season and you know who know who knows how many injuries we may potentially see before everything's said and done essentially oh as it was I mean for all we know you know there could there could be god knows uh god knows how many injuries that'll probably happen during the season let alone uh, also, you know, Garrett Wilson, he suffered an ankle injury uh, during practice, but according to Robert Sala, uh, he should apparently be fine and isn't expected to really miss any time as a result of it, uh, which, I mean, that would be a huge blow to them for uh, if they were to lose Garrett Wilson after being named Offensive Rookie of the Year last year. Yes, that would be huge. Yeah, unless they get Adams, that's definitely that's Aaron Rodgers' number one weapon. These injuries, man, they're mounting up worse than ever. They're getting bad. Yeah. Uh, Now we go to the sports of hockey, and the headliner for this week. The Bruins will be looking for a new captain as longtime longtime centerman Patrice Bergeron has officially retired after 19 seasons in the NHL, all of them with the Boston Bruins. Which is quite rare. And... Yeah, which is which is quite rare. You do, it's not every day. It's not every day that you see uh, a player play their entire career with one team. Awesome well, for that career. for that long. Yeah, legendary. A oh yeah, breed. exactly for that for that long too. Yeah, a rarity. It's it's out of fashion now. The loyalty is uh, he showed loyalty, which is getting more and more rare. Now, Patrice Bergeron, he was originally selected 45th overall uh, by the Boston Bruins in the 2003 NHL entry draft. And it's interesting, actually, because 
the Bruins had to make a decision whether or not they would build around Patrice Bergeron or if they would build around Joe Thornton. And this is what actually caused Joe Thornton to get traded to the San Jose Sharks a couple years later, which everybody remembers what that set in motion. That then set in motion the events uh, that occurred to build the 2011 Stanley Cup winning championship team. But uh, Patrice Bergeron, most notably known for being one of the best two-way forwards, in my opinion at least, in the history of the game. Uh, Patrice Bergeron was a six-time Selkie Award Trophy winner, uh, awarded annually to the NHL forward with the best defensive skills. Might I add that that number is the most in NHL history. No other player. Actually, I believe uh, the second most is four wins of the Selkie Trophy. So now, uh, also his 12 nominations for the Selkie Trophy is an NHL record as well. So now, uh, Patrice, Ber- Patrice Bergeron, obviously, of course, just to, just to list his uh, credentials here, six-time Selkie Trophy winner. He won the Stanley Cup. Uh, he was a winner of the King Clancy Memorial Trophy, which goes to the best player who uh, exemplifies leadership qualities on and off the ice, basically a humanitarian award. Uh, a three-time All-Star. Yeah. Uh, he also won the Marc Messier Leadership Award in 2021. Uh, he's a multiple-time gold medalist as well for Team Canada in the not just the Winter Olympics but also the Junior uh, the uh, Junior World Championships. And not to mention his totals, 427 career goals, 613 assists for 1,040 career points. And to think that Boston media dared to say that he isn't on the same level as, say, a Sidney Crosby or an Evgeny Malkin. Blasphemy. I can't even I can't even believe that I even heard that. Yeah. Yeah. This uh, this past week. I, honestly, I can't I can't even believe that I that I even heard that this past this past week from Boston media. His, his, his like, resume is a and speak for themselves. They can say what they want, but the proof's in the pudding. I mean, he's up there right alongside them. I'll tell you right now, he's definitely a first ballot Hall of Famer. The first chance that he oh, gets no to doubt. go to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I find it feeling. hard. I find it hard to make a case for anybody else that'll be on his first ballot uh, to go ahead of him. But, you know, maybe that's me being a uh, maybe that's me being a uh, a biased Bruins fan. But 
No, I agree. Honestly, you know, there's there's very few guys who could who could play better Bruins hockey than Patrice Bergeron. And I'll tell you right now, there's going to be a significant difference next year with Bergeron gone and now David Krejci is also going back to the Czech Republic. You're going to see a very different Bruins roster than what we have now. Or than what we had, I should say. I mean, there's just to, just to give you an example here. Yeah, our first line center is now going to be Pavel Zacha, huh. and Zacha was barely a third line center last year. Right. Zacha, of course, a former New Jersey Devil. I mean, he did have 57 points, 21 goals, 36 assists. But still, yeah. But still, but still, though, it's he, he can step up his game. We've seen it happen before. I mean, maybe he uh, takes the bull by the horns and runs away with the job. He's yeah. a darn good player. So you maybe, know, it's third line or first line. It's, it's been done before. It's not like he's coming off the taxi squad. No, but at the, at the same time, though, there's a drastic difference, I feel, Yes, between – But he's a talented guy. You know, between Maybe, him and Bergeron. No. Definitely, definitely. You can't replace that guy, but no one, not many people at all could. No. But uh, you know what I mean? Not his fault. Maybe he really up. How, how old is he? Uh, he is 26. Oh, so he could be really – just really – prime. He might make a big jump, you know, more more playing time, uh, better wingers, better line mates, more more ice time, big off season. Maybe you well, know comes in playing, a little going into his prime age wise. Yeah. yeah, he'll be play, he'll be playing with uh, alongside uh, Marchand and either Pasternak yeah. or DeBrusque, depending on who they That's put on the top uh, on the top line right wing. I'm not, I'm not fooling anyone. I'm not trying to say he's uh, Bergeron, but, you know, he could, he could definitely uh, have an awesome season. He could take his game to a new level. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Not, no, the, the, player, the player who comes closest to Bergeron is Charlie Coyle in terms of style. Oh, of course. In terms of, in terms of playing style, Charlie Coyle is the one who comes closest. But in terms of production, Pablo Zacha. Uh, Zacha basically put up similar numbers to Bergeron this year. Essentially, Bergeron had 58 points. Zacha had, I think, yeah, 57. So uh, the only difference is Zacha put up more assists and Bergeron put up more goals. But uh, you know, it's it's going to be drastically it's going to it's going to be drastically different though with Bergeron because Berger or without Bergeron because Bergeron was an actual he was the leader of that of of that entire uh locker room you know he uh they they would uh when Jim Montgomery didn't know what else to say to the Bergeron who would then who would then uh 
you know, pick up where Montgomery left off. He was apart from apart from Zdeno Chara, he was probably the second most important voice in that locker room. And then when Chara left, he became the most important voice in that locker room. So now, with Bergeron gone, it sounds like the captaincy may come down to either Marchand or McAvoy, unless they choose to unless they choose to go this season with three uh, with three alternate captains, which is a, a definite possibility. Yeah, could be. A lot of times undefeated, man. I mean, he had an awesome career. It's like, you know, they can't stop him from deciding to retire. They got to just keep moving on. I think other guys yeah. can step up. Right. They still have their weapons. You know, it's not the end of the world for Boston. It happens. Yeah. No, but it, it doesn't help either that they they barely have any uh, – what's it called? They, they, barely, they barely have any draft picks as well. Because gotcha, of the yeah, fact or... that they went all in this past season, mm-hmm. so I got to tell you, I mean, it's going to really hurt if they if they don't make the playoffs this year. That draft pick is going is is. Let's not forget that draft pick is currently with Detroit. Oh wow, yep. So if they don't make the playoffs this year. Detroit's gonna have a, gonna have probably two high two high first round picks. By the yeah. way, uh, a little a little tidbit here. Uh, I know we're we're coming down to about eight to about eight minutes left. Uh, the Houston Astros' interest in reacquiring Justin Verlander yeah. is apparently intensifying. According to to MLB insider Hector Gomez, who broke the Rafael Devers extension news. Yep. So, looks like Justin Verlander may be headed back to Houston. Well, they got many little... They got a Kunis brother for Mad Max, old old uh, angry Mad Max. Hopefully, they can get someone who can actually pitch on a pitching mound. That would be good. To, like, if they're rebuilding, the Mets might want to get a young arm. Just a suggestion. Well, I'll tell you who they won't be getting. They won't be getting Cody Lee because or Corey Lee or Cody Lee. I forget. I forget which of the. Yeah, yeah Cody Lee. Uh, he was sent to Chicago, I think it was, for Kendall Graveman earlier this oh, week. Oh, that's right, yeah. Because the Astros, they're expecting to lose uh, quite a few relievers in uh, in free agency. And Graveman, I believe, is under contract for next year. So they're already getting ready. And makes it, you know it does it does kind of make me wonder what a potential return uh would be for for Justin Verlander if the Astros were to reacquire him huh yeah those teams are loading up for the playoffs now 
one scout I just one scout lot, said real quick the, the return for Scherzer one uh, National League scout said the younger Kuhn is not his brother no one is but he his ceiling is uh, Ozzy Albies good return for Max Scherzer Ooh. Max Scherzer had a dead arm last year 39 years old disgruntled mm-hmm. I mean they ate the money their owner's a billionaire so it's like they got back maybe a young Albies you know pair him up with Lindor so maybe the Mets actually did something right we'll see. I mean, it's you know, it is, it is possible with. Uh, it seems like a decent move. I, I, I know. I, I can just, I can just, I can tell just by looking at his minor league stats this year, the the step up that he's taken. It's he's Nakuna, basically, man. you know, he's hitting three. He's hitting three hundred ball. I didn't know about the guy honestly, but it's like, dude, he's Ronald Acuna's brother, and he's hitting three hundred. Like, I'm interested. So, like, he's got some appeal. He's got some potential. That's for sure. Some, some. Some pedigree, some bloodlines. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. I hope Boston adds someone. We'll see what happens there. Yeah, I'm. Ho- I'm hoping that. Uh, I'm hoping that 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 Heim is going to do something. You know, but uh, you know that that uh, that whole thing with Justin Berlander kind of kind of brings me back to uh, James Paxton a little bit, considering yeah. he was pitching today. And it may have been the last time that he may potentially pitch in a Red Sox uniform. And he didn't do too bad, only gave up one run uh, in five innings. It kind of makes me wonder with the, you know, with, with the, the way that the pitching market is right now, if Hein Bloom may actually make that leap. Yeah, good, very well. Yeah. Lou, I'm going to ask real quick. I know it's the end of the show, guys. Sorry. But, Lou, would you, would you want the Yankees to sell or buy, or are you kind of indifferent right now? Sell. We need to sell some of these players. Oh. Yeah. Get a little younger. I would admit it. With that. Like the Mets. Yeah. Like the Mets. Got to admit it and get a little younger. Always next year. Yes. I would agree with that wholeheartedly because – Move Stanton. At least move Stanton to a, a play a playoff team would take Stanton in a second. Yeah. Get a young arm or something. Maybe try and move uh try and move Donaldson if you can even get anything for him. Rizzo yeah. or LeMayhew. Rizzo or LeMayhew. You can get you, me, I'm not mm-hmm. saying strip the whole thing, but move one or two of those guys. You're not gonna get much Good. worse. I mean and then you get younger, you're still you still got plenty of other talent next year. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who else they can move. Uh, they can't move. They can't move Higashioka because uh, they no. they're literally shorthanded at catcher to begin with. Yeah. So could be a fun show. I don't know. With all these moves coming up. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, we also got we also got SummerSlam next week, so we'll be we'll be discussing oh, nice. a little bit of, a little bit of that. Um, yeah. A, uh, remind, a reminder real quick here, uh, once again, for Big Brother fans, we will be doing next Friday night the Big Brother Recap Podcast on, uh, on blogtalkradio.com slash MissyAE. Uh, so be sure to tune in for that. And also, any Big Brother fans, if you're not a member of Big Brother Whispers yet, you can do so by going to Facebook. 
by going to by searching Big Brother Whispers on Facebook. Uh, but yeah, that that is going to do it for uh, for tonight's show. Uh, thank you to Lou. Thank you to Alex and Diane for joining me tonight. We will be back next week for another edition of Sports Whispers Weekly, and. Who knows what we're going to have to cover with any with any of the trades that are going to be happening. Oh, well, I can think of something uh, we can cover within the next couple of days. So I can do something. Any, uh, every everybody have a, a great rest of your weekend, and we will see you guys next Saturday night.